Denied internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free to air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
Good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is the 10th of September, 2015. It's Thursday. And uh, about nine minutes afternoon, if that's all true where you're at, we are, in fact, live. And that's nine afternoon Pacific time. You can call in. 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980. can also participate in the show by going to the chat room, which is located at theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the, ch- uh, the uh, chat link. Just click on it and uh, you'll be in there. It's very easy. You can ask questions, make comments, or just chat with the other folks in there. And uh, I'm in there. Anyway. Okay, let's see. Let's get to some stuff. Oh, yeah, wait. Uh, Yahoo Instant Messenger. If you have that, you can directly contact me. My screen name is AVRN Talk. Oh, hang on here. I... Got to do this one little thing over here. Uh, Yeah, it is Thursday, and there. Now that'll show up right. Okay, there we go. All right, let's let's go to this here. Y'all have, you might not know the name Kim Davis. You might. Uh, She is the clerk that, uh, you know, refused to issue sodomite marriage licenses. Okay. 
Well, the Oath Keepers, you know, they'll, uh, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I don't trust the Oath Keepers, to tell you the truth, but I could be wrong. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're just looking for attention. Maybe they maybe they're doing something. An armed camouflage wearing volunteer militia famous for hunkering down at the Bundy Ranch now say they have boots on the ground to protect Kentucky clerk Kim Davis, who they believe was denied her right to a jury trial. Well, that might be true, but you know what, folks? People are thrown in jail every day in this country for what's called contempt of court. Honestly, it is the judge's hammer. It needs to be taken away from them. Okay? Contempt of court has been so abused by the courts, by the judges of this country, that that little tool needs to be taken away from them. And yeah, if you think somebody needs to... uh, you know, go to jail or pay a fine because they're not listening to you, then put together a jury and have it heard. Because these judges, okay, here in America, we say, we like to say that, oh, we don't have any debtors prison. Really? Well, why don't you ask all the thousands of men in prison for not paying their child support? Oh, but wait, they're not in prison for not paying their child support. They're in prison for contempt of court. Yeah, because here's how it works. This is what the judges have learned to do to get around the provision that we don't have debtors' prisons. They write an order saying, well, I see here you make $1,200 a month. I'm writing an order that you pay $1,300 a month in child support. Well, obviously, the guy can't pay it. Well, get him back in here in court. I ordered you to pay $1,300 a month in child support. But, but Judge, I only make 1200 I don't care. I ordered you to do it. Now you do it, or else I will find you in contempt of court, and you will sit in a jail cell until you pay $1,300 a month. Well, guess what? Off to jail he goes. Yeah, off to jail they go till the kid's 18 or 26 or whatever the new age of adult is now. Yeah, this is a real good way they keep the jails filled up at 70 to 100% capacity so the private-run jails can have enough slave labor to keep them running, as by contract to the state where they guarantee... 70 to 100% capacity in their prisons. Now, how can you do that as a state? What if everybody stops committing crimes? What are you going to do then? Just start arresting people? Yeah, that's exactly what they'll do. Davis is the elected clerk of Rowan County, has become the current celebrity in the anti-homosexual sodomite movement for staunchly refusing to issue marriage licenses after the Supreme Court's ruling in June legalizing same-sex marriages nationwide, which, wait a minute. They don't have the authority to do that, for one. Their ruling is meaningless within the states. Sorry, man. In a teleconference uploaded to YouTube, Oathkeeper founder Stuart Rhodes discussed the operation with Kentucky Sheriff Denny Payman, Ms. 
uh, Missouri Oath Keeper John Carriman and West Virginia Oath Keeper Alan Landry. The group claimed that their new mission had nothing to do with same-sex marriage and insisted they were only offering to guard Davis because the judge had acted illegally. Well, that's fine because, you know, I mean, he did act illegally. But are they afraid of the homos to say, oh, and by the way, we're against this? People should consider her under our protection, Rhodes said in a teleconference. We'll make sure that our people are keeping a close eye on the situation, and we're going to have boots on the ground to keep watch regardless because this judge needs to understand that he's not going to be able to just go grab this lady whenever he feels like it. In a press release published on their website, the group says they have been in contact with Davis's attorney, Matt Staver, and are acting because Judge David Bunning grossly, grossly overstepped his bounds and violated Mrs. Davis' due process rights, and in particular her right to a jury trial. Contempt of court is not a criminal charge or civil complaint that results in a jury trial or hearings. It's punishment for dismissing court authority disobeying court orders, or impeding the ability of the court to perform its function, according to law.com. Contempt is determined by the judge overseeing the case. Fines or brief jail time are common sanctions. <clears throat> In Davis's case, she was slapped with a class action lawsuit by same-sex and straight couples who could not get married at the Rowan County Clerk's Office as a result of Davis's actions. Well, which isn't really true, but Davis lost the case and was ordered to begin issuing marriage licenses. She filed all possible appeals and lost, yet still refused to issue marriage licenses, resulting in the contempt ruling. The Oath Keepers do not seem to be aware of this key aspect of Davis's case. Well, you know what? This is where's the law? Where is the law? And the courts ruled that oh, you lose, you have to do the under what law? You see what these people here at raw story are missing the case of is that the court is making law. They are taking nothing in the law. And they are saying, well, we have decided that you now must issue marriage licenses to sodomites. Where is the law that gives them the authority to rule on that? They don't rule on just, we think, uh, oh, there's a social issue out there. Let's rule on it and decide uh, a new law. No, you've got to take an existing law and, and rule on that. And then you've got to figure out jurisdiction and all that. Where does the Supreme Court's jurisdiction to force sovereign states to marry sodomites? When just two years before, the same Supreme Court, meaning all the same justices, when it came to defending marriage, the Defending the Marriage Act, which said that, hey, marriage is between one man and one woman, a federal law, an act. They said, oh, well, we can't possibly rule on this because, well, uh, marriage is a state issue. 
traditionally and by the separation of powers. And then two years later, they come back when it's the other side. Instead of protecting marriage, it's destroying marriage. They decide, oh, well, wait, now it's not a state issue anymore. Now we're allowed to rule on it, and we are, and uh, the states have to marry sodomites because the majority on the Supreme Court are filthy sodomites. Hmm, I'm making a presumption. So now the scumbags on the Supreme Court can go ahead and rebut that and prove you're not a stinking sodomite if you don't like it. But I say the majority of them are. I say John Roberts is a sodomite. He's a closet sodomite. He's also a thief and a liar. Yeah, go look up John Roberts before he became Supreme Court Chief Justice. Yeah, where was he? Oh, he was in New York robbing and stealing money on Wall Street. That's where he was in the Second Circuit. They got so much dirt on that guy, they could throw him in jail for a million years if he doesn't go along with the program. Uh, Let's see here. No one man should have that kind of power in his hands alone to decide guilt or and impose a sentence of indefinite detention. Well, Davis may have spent less than a week behind bars, but contempt is indefinite detention. It's until the judge decides to let you go. It's all up to him. Now we see the rise of an imperial judiciary that not only legislates from the bench, and that's really the problem here. Okay, contempt is another problem, but it's a problem. It's a far bigger problem in a lot more cases than just sodomite marriage. Okay, this is a real bad problem, and it's abused throughout the country by these dirtbag judges. Okay? But the real issue here, in this case, really is the jurisdiction. Okay? The jurisdiction and legislating from the bench. Because this is what the Supreme Court has done. There is no law. They just said, hey, we're saying that uh, you've got to marry sodomites everywhere. Well, I'm sorry. For one, you don't get to make law. For two, you don't have jurisdiction everywhere. What, what gives you the jurisdiction to tell a county that they have to marry sodomites if they don't want to? See, folks, this is a good issue for people to pull their head out of their behind and start looking at the federal judiciary and start asking, wait a minute. Where is your jurisdiction to say, well, you're annulling a state election? What? Under what jurisdiction? Well, you're violating uh, people's rights under the... Under the what? Well, that's fine. Maybe you are, but you know what? You've got to understand the Constitution. The Constitution, they say, well, it has a supremacy clause. The supremacy clause basically says that, look, here's the U.S. Constitution, 
The protections found in this Constitution are the bare minimum. They're the code, okay? Every state has to abide by these. But, see, there's a problem. And this is really a good case for secession, legally seceding. To say, look, okay, see, the way states were brought into the Union is they organized and they said, we want to be a state. Congress says, okay, we'll go ahead and come up with a constitution, a provisional government and all that, and then, you know, give us your constitution and we'll look it over. The federal government has approved every constitution of every state. Now, if the federal government decides, well, we're going to change our constitution, and now your constitution no longer uh, is good. You're violating the, the government, you know, the federal constitution. At that point, any state that they do that to has the legal right to say, well, in that case, we're seceding because, you see, we came in under this constitution. You agreed to it. Now you have unilaterally changed the law, the, the rules and say we're in violation, so we're leaving. Be tough to argue that case from the federal government's point of view. Anyway, uh, it's attempting to expand their contempt power to likewise swallow up our Bill of Rights and circumvent jury trial. Both methods are used to allow the powerful office holder to merely point his finger and have his opponent thrown behind bars without a grand jury indictment and without being found guilty by a jury of their peers. No innocent until proven guilty before a jury, just guilty because the leader says so. That's a dictatorship, whether done by the president or by a judge. Well, he has a point, and he's, and it, but the fact is that's really kind of not what went on with this case. But what did go on with this case is an indication of what's going on nationwide. I think, you know, they're using this case to try to highlight the abuse of contempt. And if so, I'm all for that. Because it, it's, it's so abused. It's abused like... Look, anytime you give the, the government powers like contempt or civil forfeiture, all right, you are giving them too much power. They will abuse it. They always abuse it. They have to abuse it. They have no choice but to abuse it because they're psychopaths. Now, here's where he's wrong. This has nothing to do with gay marriage, he said. Now, gay marriage is the subject matter of this, but this is not the purpose of this. I have nothing against people's lifestyles at all. Only if their lifestyles are forced upon me. Well, then you do have an issue with it. Why are we afraid? You know, when the Oath Keepers are afraid... To say, oh, oh, I have nothing against people's lifestyles at all. I do have something against people's lifestyles. I do have something against sodomites. They're filthy abominations by my religion. 
They are physically, factually, public health hazards running around putting everybody in danger because of their filthy lifestyle. I do have something against it. I have a lot against it. Now, if I'm if I don't need if I don't have to know about it, I don't care what you do in your house. I don't care what you do behind closed doors. I don't care until I have to know about it. But you know, now the sodomites wanted to push it, right? They wanted to push it. They wanted to get out there and have their little parades. They want to make everybody know about it. Well, you know what? Now I don't care if I know about it or not. Sodomy should be illegal and you should all be deported out of the country and dumped in the ocean somewhere. Because you know why? You are a public health hazard. Whether you're behind closed doors doing your filthy acts of sodomy or not. It doesn't matter. Your food handlers, your waiters... You're in the food industry. You're in the medical industry. You're actually dealing with people, with their food, with their medical supplies. You're passing on your filth to them, unknown to them. So I'm sorry, your lifestyle is unacceptable, even in the closet now. Because you are a public health hazard. You live 20 years less, you're disease-ridden. The statistics are there if you care to look them up. Although, you know, the federal government's done everything they can to cover up the statistics. Matter of fact, the CDC was ordered to stop keeping track of how less of a lifespan sodomites have. Yeah. That's right. Oh, it was because well, they're going to be they're going to be discriminated against. Uh their insurance rates are going to be raised. Well, of course they're going to be raised. If you're a life insurance company and you find out somebody is engaged in an activity that cuts 20 years off their life, yeah, you're going to raise their insurance rates just like when the insurance company asks you, "Hey, do you smoke?" and you go, "Yep." I sure do. Oh, well, guess what? Congratulations. Your rates just went up. Because smoking's been shown to take seven years off your life. But, hey, homosexuals live 20 years less. But, nope, insurance companies are not allowed to charge them more. See, there has been... And why? Why? Why is the government protecting this activity? It's not a lifestyle. You're not born that way. This is a chosen activity that they are engaged in. Why is the government promoting it? I mean, you really got to ask yourself that. Why are they promoting it? Well... Because it is part of their, and and I know this seems odd, but they are in the business of destroying society. They are in the business of destroying, this is a spiritual war. If you don't see it because, you know, you're deluded into not believing the Bible or whatever, 
And you really are deluded. And you can say what you want because you're such a big brain and you figured it all out. And that's just a fable. And you're so damn smart. And, oh, boy, you, you know what you are? You're nothing but a humanist. Okay? You're a humanist. You think you are God. You're all, oh, I got it all figured out. Well, good for you. You know what? We'll see how that ends for you. But society, Christian society, has been the beacon of world civilization. Yeah, all the other civilizations. How's that Muslim civilization doing? Oh, they live in tents in the desert and kill each other all day long and marry their first cousin. <laughs> it's just a good plan. Yeah, that's real good. Hindus, wait, go take a look at India. How's, how are they doing over there? Is that good? Nice culture? Confucianism, look at the Chinese. Boy, they got a real good culture going on. I mean, it's it, it has lasted... But, uh, I don't know, the way they act, I don't think anybody, and, and plus, what have the Chinese innovated? Nothing. The Indians innovated nothing. The Muslims innovate nothing. They, they do nothing. And that goes for Jews, too. They do nothing. All of these cultures... While they can succeed, they only succeed off the innovations of Christian society. They take Christian innovations or Christian society innovations and they copy them and they trade them and they, you know, they make money off them and all that and the world goes round and round. But where do the innovations come from? Christian-based societies. So, you know, this is just the way it is. So you can believe what you want. But this is a spiritual battle. And it is because the Bible says it is. And for two, you can see it with your own eyes. Ask yourself, Mr. Big Brain and Mrs. Big Brain, why exactly is the government promoting a lifestyle an activity of death and disease and perversion. Why? Why are they promoting it? And they are, in fact, promoting it. Why? Uh, obviously, they got to have a reason why, right? Is it because they're all homos? I, I just, I don't think that's it. I mean, it could be it, I suppose, but... uh I think there's probably got to be another reason. Anyway, we're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a bit.
studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Oh! 
Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is, let's see, the 10th of September. Oh my gosh, tomorrow's September 11th. Oh no, it's 2015. It's Thursday. Gosh, can you imagine that tomorrow, you know, can you imagine tomorrow has been, what, 14 years since the towers were blown up by the U.S. government. Wow. Anyway, it's about 12.46 and a half out here. 800-932-1980 is the call in. The chat room is at theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link. You can contact me through Yahoo Instant Messenger. And uh, my screen name is AVRN Talk. Well, I'm having a little, I was having during the break of discussion in the chat room about my comment that the Chinese, the Muslims, the Hindus, the Jews, none of them have innovated nothing like Christian society has. And somebody wants to pick, the Chinese came up with gunpowder, the Chinese developed paper, the Muslims, I, I added, the Muslims claim they you know, came up with algebra. Okay, great. And, and this is all, what, 3,000 years ago? Uh, have you done anything since? No, nothing. Not a thing. But, hey, let's even be more fair. What have you come up with since Christianity? Since Christ's first coming? Since Christianity was born? Have any of them come up with anything? And the answer is no. Since Christianity started, Christian societies have exclusively come up with every major innovation this planet has seen. Now, that doesn't mean the others haven't done bad things, but those aren't really innovations. The fact of the matter is, there is good and there is evil. And Oh, you can all you can all get upset and I don't really care because if you do not follow Christianity, you follow evil. There is no middle ground. There is no happy humanist along the way where, oh well, I don't follow anything. I'm just God myself and woohoo. Oh no. Sorry. You're evil. You're following evil. Because really the Bible says we're all continuously evil. Our our hearts are continuously evil. And that counts for everybody. Mankind has a problem, see. And we have from, 
you know, nearly the beginning. Yeah, okay. Now somebody's saying that atheist societies have the most inventions, and you're just plain wrong and sorry, but some people say things that are just, you know, they just want to argue with me, and they'll say the most ridiculous things, and that is ridiculous and sorry, uh, atheist societies. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Anyway, so let's see here. I'm not going to argue ridiculousness with people in the chat room. Uh, you can think what you want. We'll see how it ends up for you. Go ahead. Follow the atheists. Follow the humanists. Follow the Hindus. Follow whoever you like. Let's see how that ends up for you. You know, if you listen to this network, you've been told the truth about it, you, but it's your choice to do what you want. And I wash my hands of all of your blood, okay? Because there will be blood, and, uh, you know, hey, it's not my fault. You've been told, do what you want. Now, back to the Davis story. See, this this is a bunch of homo-loving pieces of garbage at this site, raw story. Some have observed that it is Davis who is forcing her Christian beliefs on the general public, vis-a-vis -vis her capacity as elected county clerk. You know, it's funny how they can say she is forcing her Christian beliefs on the general public because she's a county clerk, but nobody mentions that the homosexuals on the Supreme Court are forcing their lifestyle on the rest of America through their position as Supreme Court justices. Davis took an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States when she took office, but by refusing to uphold the adjudicated constitutional right, there, you know what, adjudicated constitutional right, I'm sorry, you show me in the Constitution where it says sodomy is okay to be married. You go back to the intent. See, the, the Supreme Court violated in so many different ways the Constitution by their ruling, because really, let's go back and look at the intent of the authors of the Constitution. Do you really believe that anyone who signed the Constitution, who wrote the Constitution, who ratified the Constitution, do you believe any of them thought that Marrying sodomites should be forced upon the states. And by the way, we go back to the thing of, oh yes, well, jurisdiction. Let's look at the jurisdiction of the Constitution of the United States in the first place. Where exactly? For one, there is no constitutional right for sodomites to be married. This, this is just, you know... And when when you take an oath, that doesn't mean, oh, I take an oath and that means that I give up all of my rights that are also protected under the Constitution that are actually enumerated in the Constitution. Like freedom of religion. You can go get married somebody else by somebody else somewhere else, but I'm not doing it because it's against my conscience.
you know, it just goes to show that, you know, the, these guys at Raw Story, who's the uh, homo that wrote this? Oh, I see. We're not we're not putting it. Oh, what a surprise. Bethina Palma Marcus. Yay, there you go. A girl with a hyphenated name. What does that usually mean? Yeah, feminist. Homosexual sympathizer. You know, they, these guys, man, I'll tell you. Anyway, North Carolina County scrambles to provide marriage services after all magistrates refuse to perform same-sex marriages. You know, hey, so there are some good magistrates. Well, at least good to the point where, you know, they at least have some sense. All four magistrates in North Carolina's McDowell County have been barred from performing any marriages for six months after they used the state's religious exemption law to opt out of performing same-sex weddings. Chief Judge Randy Poole confirmed to WLOS on Thursday that Hillary Hollifield, Thomas Atkinson, Debbie Terrell, and Chad Johnson have all taken advantage of the religious exemption law, leaving the county scrambling to find temporary magistrates. One Rutherford County magistrate told WLOS that he had been driving to McCall County three times a week, trying to cover the needs of both counties. Every single one of every single one has said they will opt out and won't do the marriages, Judge Poole explained. They have arranged for Rutherford County magistrates to devote ten hours to performing marriages here. Because apparently, you know, uh they have no morals over in their county, Rutherford County. They are following the law and cannot perform marriages of any kind for six months, just as long as we do 10 hours a week, which is what the law requires. McDowell County marriage services are being offered for limited hours on Monday. You know, this is what every justice, every Christian, so-called Christian justice or, or magistrate in the country needs to do. And, you know... Here in Oregon, uh, we don't have very many uh, justices that would be considered, uh, well, I don't know about being considered Christian, but following Christian principles. Maybe they, you know, I don't know what their relationship with God is, but they don't follow Christian principles too much here in Oregon. Uh, But I don't know what the uh, exact exemption is in North Carolina but here in Oregon I mean you could easily stand on the state constitution to say nope I'm not doing it and and here's why and you could easily go to let's see which one is it uh well either one of these uh, article 1 section 2 all men shall be secure in the natural right to worship almighty god according to the dictates of their own conscience article 1 section 3 says no law shall in any case whatever control the free exercise and enjoyment of religious opinions or interfere with the right of conscience the right of conscience means if i think it's wrong i don't have to do it 
And then there's no religious qualifications for office under Section 4. No religious test shall be required as a qualification for any office of trust or profit. So you see, they're pretty much uh, covered here in Oregon if they would choose to do that. But you see, this is Oregon where, you know, the communists up north basically control all the elected offices. You know, there you go. Oh, let's see. How liberals think. Black-on-black crime is caused by socioeconomic disadvantage. White-on-black crime is caused by racism. It's racist to mention black-on-white crime. Uh Uh-huh. That is. that, That is how liberals think. And you've bought into it. You know, this is the problem. It's not that the liberals come up with all this garbage. It's the fact that too many people buy into it. Too many kids sit around smoking dope going, yeah, yeah, that's right, man. That's racist, dude. Yeah, yeah, you're a racist, dude. Yeah, we got to love everybody. Uh Uh-huh. Until they find out when they're 18, they can't get a job when they join the military. And then what? (laughs) Isn't it racist to run around the world? No, it's not racist. It's, It's genocidal. To run around the world and just killing people because somebody told you to. Hey, go over there and kill them. They're bad. I said they're bad. Go kill them. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's something very lengthy. Well, it's not very lengthy, but it's more lengthy than I'm going to be able to finish today, uh, at least in this hour. But it's titled... Goebbels is alive and well in America. I'll probably read that later because, boy, is that ever true. And then there's another story tonight. New Yorkers, and it's not just New Yorkers, but New Yorkers now, specifically without enhanced ID, could face travel restrictions from Homeland Security. Ooh, coming to a town near you. And then, of course, we'll get to sedition. And boy, there's plenty of that going on in America, and it ain't coming from the people. It's coming from the elected officials. But we are completely out of time, and I will be back again tonight. So stay tuned. Financial Survival coming up next. And as always, thanks for listening.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. I'm Melody Suderstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Thursday, September 10th, 2015. Normally, James Corbett uh, shares uh, two segments of the program with Alfred, but uh, uh, he was unable to join us today or uh, record the program last night when they normally do. And uh, he's actually working on a special documentary on 9-11. And uh, he had to finish that up, he, uh, so he had some extra work to do. And uh, he is scheduled to return next week. So for the full hour today, lucky you, you have both of myself and Alfred Adas. Good afternoon, Al. Hello, Melody. Um. A little bit of pressure on gold once again today. The stock market, the Dow anyway, was kind of all over the page. Uh, ending higher, I believe. Uh, but we'll get to those numbers in just a little bit. We had the Dow up 460 today at 1111, 11. Silver up six, six cents at 14.77. Platinum was down two bucks, 983. Palladium was up. $13 at 595 Pressure on the dollar, 
1.46 at 95.50. Crude oil back up again today, 1.54 at 45.69. And the paper markets today, let's see, you have the Dow up 76 points. 16,330, the NASDAQ up 39 at 4796, S&P up 10 at 1952, 10-year yield today popped 2.22%, euro also popped 1.13, that was up 0.57, Japan took back some of its huge gains from yesterday, down almost 3%, uh, down 459 points, Uh, Pretty much uh, Hong Kong was down uh, almost 3%. European markets were all down, just marginally, not, not anything to you know, get excited about. But, um, but uh, just the ups and downs in the markets, whether it be paper, whether it be gold and silver, um, it's like certainly no directions, and um, that means... Pretty soon, pretty soon there'll be a direction. But will it be up or will it be down? Is it going to be up or is it going to Mm -hmm. be down? But um, so right now it's just kind of moving along sideways, a little bit up, a little bit down, Mm -hmm. and we will see where. And that's what the world is kind of waiting on right now. It's waiting on something. It is. You know, we've got the shemitah. Mm -hmm. Everyone probably, all the audience has probably heard about the shemitah which is a biblical concept that the author, Jonathan Kahn of The Harbinger, um, wrote, he wrote the book, The Harbinger, which I thought was almost brilliant in its research. I mean, I thought that was really an outstanding book. And one thing he mentioned there, he mentioned the Shemitah, but he didn't make much of it in The Harbinger. But then he comes out with a second book, on the Shemitah. And he makes an entire book on the Shemitah and illustrates that there's got some, again, he's got some surprising research on there. But my first reaction when I saw the Shemitah, someone sent me a free copy probably four or five months ago, I don't recall when, in that neighborhood, five and six, I don't know. Sent me a free copy. I looked at it, and my first impression is that Mr. Khan was simply trying to capitalize on whatever fame and notoriety he'd achieved with the first book on the Harbinger. And he had to write something to make some more money, so he wrote about the Shemitah. And I didn't pay much I didn't I didn't I didn't give it much credence at the time. Later, as I heard more about it, I thought, well there really is a lot of strange evidence to support this possibility. But I still remained skeptical. And I am skeptical to the day, to this day. It feels to me like the Shemitah, I give it a chance in three, maybe even 40% probability of something that you can see happen somewhere near to, what is it, Saturday the 13th? I think that's the end of the Shemitah year, if I understand correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, within, who knows? a day or two before, a week or two, maybe even a month after. I might, I might credit it to the Shemitah, but I'm not. I, it remains to be seen, and I don't know who's right and wrong. I can't, but I am wary and skeptical. 
And I suspect, could be wrong, but I suspect it's going to turn out to be ineffective. The predictions, the prophecies, the interpretations. My feeling is that it's not going to work out that way, but we'll watch and see. I mean, I'm open to it. I guarantee you, I'm open to it. I'm not saying it's false, but I'm saying for me it strikes me it strikes me as improbable. And I'm just going on the record right now saying what I think about it. And if uh, Friday the markets fall by 5,000 points, well, <laughs> I'm going to be one of the guys on Monday who's going to say, well, gee, I guess I was wrong. All right. Well, but I don't expect that to happen. I just don't, it just doesn't feel like this is working that way. And I don't have evidence to deny it. You know, interesting book, well, interesting theories, got some decent evidence, um, but it still doesn't feel like reliable prophecy to me. Well, I believe everything is on a cycle. And you could probably create cycles within cycles. And I believe we have had a a period of events, you know, over the years that basically relate relate to this seven-year cycle. However, you and I have talked about it also. Um, You know, when dates are predicted, if somebody said, hey, between, uh, you know, maybe September and December, you're going to have, you know, some pressures and you're going to have this, okay, I get that. But when specific dates, and I've been doing this a long time, they just, uh, they they seem not to appear. And I've, over the years, I've had people call me frightened. I've had people concerned with their children in various states and, and concerned that, you know, you know, California from these guys we're going to dump off. In, I mean, just anything that you could imagine. That's why I am probably even more of a skeptic than Al is, because over the years I've experienced this through my clients and the the concerns and the fears, and it keeps people from doing things. And, folks, it's going to happen. I mean, and it, it distracts. To me, it's a distraction from what is really happening in this world and here in this country. There's... And... Kudos for, I have the Harbinger. I didn't have a chance to read it yet. I have it here on my desk with about four other books I have to read. Uh, I heard it was excellent, Al. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely excellent. I agree. And um, um, so not to discredit him in any manner, I'm skeptical of dates. And uh, we have enough problems to worry about. Hey, uh, the other item you know, was about China being... Um, put into the basket of currencies. Uh, um, Well, they're going to hold that off until next year. No, not just next year. That's five years before they reconsider the basket of currencies. Uh, Well, well, yes, but as far as putting China in there, they said they were going to hold off until 2016. All right. They, They do review that every five years, but for China, the IMF said they would do it or review it in 2016. So... But the point is not when they do that. The point is that was supposed to happen September or whatever. And, okay, so that's not going to happen for another year. That doesn't mean we don't have currency problems. That doesn't mean that the problems went away and, and things could still happen. These events could happen tomorrow morning. We just don't know. 
And well, um, I kind of agree with what you're saying about dates. All right. One of the reasons that I'm skeptical about what's happening with the Shemitah is I've been listening to people predict for at least six months, maybe since the first of the year. I don't recall exactly. But it's at least six months, people. There has been an almost universal warning that September is going to be, everything is going to fall apart in September or October at the latest. And one of the things that makes me worry about this you know, if there was one prophet out there who was saying, ha-ha, this is what's going to happen on September 13th or 12th or whatever. And it well, happened. Uh, and then I, when I see 50 people all coming down with the same prophecy, essentially, in terms of timing, I don't see that as prophecy. All right? I, it just makes me weary. I am, you know, I am suspicious. I am doubtful. I'm not, you know, I'm not convinced either way. Who knows how this is going to go? And I'm certainly not going to sure. argue with the good Lord if he's doing the Shemitah. It's okay with me. But when every, when you find a dozen different people, oh, oh it's all going to blow up in September. That's not likely. All right? One or two people might have predicted it and turned out to be right. But when there's a general consensus that September is going to be the, this is the month to end all months, and that's not what people have said exactly. I'm exaggerating. When they, when a dozen, twenty, fifty people, oh, oh, September, I don't know. And they all might, they may all be right, but I mean, you can. My have, experience over the years is probably not. Couldn't you say? I mean, my biggest, uh, or or what I'm going to view the most, are is are the blood moon. Um, I mean, that is truly biblical and you, you just can't take that away lightly um but again it doesn't mean it's a specific date either it can happen anytime but those are signs and uh so the sign isn't oh the day we have the you know the the blood moon that's when you know that's when it all falls apart these are signs i believe mm-hmm. for us to pay attention what now no I- I agree that there are signs, but there are a bunch of people that have been reading these signs and TV evangelists, among others, and telling us that this absolutely means big, big, big trouble and the rest. I'm not, I'm not convinced. I'm just not I'm convinced. convinced. I don't have anything. I have no argument with legitimate prophecy. I believe in the God of the Bible. Um, I'm, you know, but there are a bunch of people who will talk about it. And I don't think they necessarily know. They may be sincere. They may be just hucksters. I don't know what they are. But when I'm, I see everybody point to September, I'm thinking to myself, this is, I don't know. Let me, let me, I find it unlikely, but it could be they're all right and my suspicions are wrong. So we'll find out. I, we've, got, we've got two more weeks or three more weeks in September. and uh, you know. I'm convinced you know, we are facing terrible times. I'm convinced we have a day of reckoning that is going to um, surprise most, that will make most people's heads spin. I'm convinced we have severe social problems in this country. I'm convinced we have severe debt problems in this country. I am convinced that we're going to have a monetary problem in this country. I'm convinced our currency is going to be revalued. It's already been devalued, but we're going to have a revaluation. I'm convinced we have all these problems. 
And I do believe there are signs, but I don't believe the 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 the, the situations are going to be dictated as far as the dates that everyone knows and sees are by certain events, if that makes sense. So they're here. These situations are here. They're real. And uh, people need to pay attention to what the problems are and be prepared for them. And, hey, if someone says something's going to happen October 1st, well, if you're prepared, you don't have to worry about it. Well, there's one uh, other side to this. But you can't stop breathing for something that might happen. There's one other side to this that kind of makes it that does put me on edge a little bit. What if nothing significant happens in September and October? I know. There are a lot of people who right now are kind of cowering in their little hidey holes, anticipating that the stuff is going to hit the fan, right? Either September or October. <laughs> and if it doesn't, I think they're going to come out and have a dance. The yay, yay, we're not having any trouble. Let's go get let's go spend our money on drugs or alcohol or something like that and get stoned and watch uh, dancing with the stars. And then if the real problem hits, say January, after everybody's maxed out their credit cards for Christmas and forgotten about the warnings and the problems, I'm wondering if they're going to get caught surprised because if something doesn't happen dramatic in September and October, there's going to be a bunch of people are going to say, wait a second, this blood moon thing didn't work. The Shemitah didn't work. All this prophecy and God's going to get us and the rest of that sort of thing. None of that's valid. Let's go out and party. And I think if, if they have that attitude, if that's one of the results, if things don't, you know, if the predictions of big trouble, for this month and the next, if they don't pan out, uh, people are going to be in a celebratory mood, and it may, may, may make them more susceptible to being caught, surprised. They'll say, why didn't somebody tell me about that? No. Well, if you look at the fundamentals, you can see. You can't see the timing, but you can see the fundamentals if you care to look at them. And, and if you do, you say, gee, you know, I don't know, th- this thing's going to hit one of these days. If not September, if not October, then who knows? November, December, January, February. I don't know when it's going to hit, but it has to hit. And regardless of whether we get blood moons or we don't get blood moons, we are still going to see this trouble, and it's only a question of time, and I don't know how much time. And neither does anyone else. I, but the point remains, you get ready for it. 2013, there are some very credible people were predicting 2014 these situations were going to happen. July 2014, all kinds of laws were being passed that would affect the way you you spend your currency. I said, no, there isn't anything that's going to happen in 2014. Uh, If you see anything happen, it's going to be towards the end of the year. You're going to see the weakening. You're going to see the pressures. Um, Just like, and they like dates, you know, June, July, August. If you go back to, you know, the, 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 the last recession when things started to unfold, it was June, July, August. Oil hit 150 in July. You have all these pressures building up into, you know, the fall. I said, you're going to see weakenings. And then my thinking is our biggest problem comes in October when the debt is discussed. 
you know, when the budgets have to be announced, when all these figures that have been non-talked about for the past how many months, we have no idea what these numbers are and so forth. And I think it will be a shock. And you If know, we get so, the truth. I mean, it remains to be seen. It's optimistic to suppose we'll they can find only out lie. what the truth is. Yeah, well, they, they can't lie that it's actually better. So No, they um, can't do that. But they can say it's not too bad. It's, it's, we can but it's deal just with something it. it's that's all been that totally ignored. It's, it's not even talked about. You and know I what else isn't talked about? Our break. Yeah, we've got to talk about our commercials. That means Melody and I will have to take a break here for a couple of minutes. We'll be back on Financial Survival in just a moment. Please stay tuned. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Does the cost and risk of conventional health care concern you? Wouldn't you prefer inexpensive solutions to health problems rather than disease management? If so, tune into Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless.
Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Haddis here on Financial Survival with Melody Sederstrom. The program is brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. What's next, Melody? I knew you were going to say that. I just want to remind the listeners to give us a call and to visit our website at dgscoins.com, dgscoins.com. Make sure you sign up for our weekly newsletter. And, of course, you can listen to these radio programs live and archived direct from the website. So make sure you check out dgscoins.com. And uh, we're going to continue running the specials from yesterday. I'll go ahead and go over those uh, after the next break. And I just wanted to briefly uh, talk about uh, someone sent me some information on one of the online, uh, I believe they were the... um, um, online trading bullion. The company started in 1999. Uh, it was in Austin, uh, downtown Austin, and uh, Bullion Direct uh, began an online virtual trading floor where customers could buy and sell precious metals to each other. And I hmm. think I said from day one, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> but who listens to Melody? You've got to be kidding me. Why did you think that was uh, surprising? Oh, come on. I wouldn't trust my precious metals, and I don't, I don't want to get a lawsuit, and I'm not implying anyone or so forth. I wouldn't personally let my metals be stored anywhere, particularly with another gold dealer. Now, well, let me understand this. Are you saying this arena, this market, where people could buy and sell gold among themselves, you're saying that before they could buy or sell it, or sell it at least, they had to actually deposit their money with this broker, with, this, let me read with this. the vault for this let, outfit? and let, then Let me read this, what, what this says. And, um, and this was a recent article by the Austin American Statesman. This is where this information is coming from. Uh, but it says um, it began selling the metals to customers directly. It stored the commodities for those who requested it. Uh, with the with uh, the coins and bars kept safely in individual piles for each investor in an old bank vault, um, I guess in Austin. By the time the auditors and lawyers got access to Bullion Direct's 14th floor offices six weeks ago, there was only a handful of gold and silver coins in the office safe, a second vault. It had recently rented, held only slightly more, an estimated $30 million in cash, metal bullion, and valuable coins vanished. Uh, the story gets worse. Worse. It was estimated that the scammed investors will only recover about two to three percent of their total investments. Um, let's see what else we can read. What was the investor's fundamental mistake? Not taking physical delivery of their product. And what did they take instead? A paper certificate. Mm. All right, that's what happened. They believed in gold, but they didn't believe in taking physical delivery. They don't believe, they did. They were skeptical of paper debt instruments like stocks and bonds. They knew to stay away from paper, and yet they were willing to accept paper debt instruments from some private entity that was running a gold vault down in Austin, Texas. And so far as they took those pieces of paper 
and trust in them, which are nothing but promises to pay. That's all they are. That's all the green pieces of paper in your wallet, the stocks, the bonds, the pieces of paper with signatures on them. They are nothing but promises to pay. They are IOUs, and people want to treat them as wealth, and they're not. They are just IOUs, and if you're willing to trust those things, you are exposing yourself to loss. And that's what happened here. Mm-hmm. The people who were taking theirs, here, let me give you my paper promise. I promise to give I you gold back. Understand. I'll give you your gold back, and you hang on to this piece of paper. The lesson was, the lesson in this, if you're going to buy gold, take physical delivery. delivery. I know that you can get to, other, you can get to places that are theoretically reliable when it comes to storing your gold. All right? I'm not arguing that everybody's running a gold vault or anything like that. Well, it's I mean... sort of a crook. But I'm still saying, if you're... The lesson in all of this that, we're, that I'm at least trying to get across, I believe Melody's trying to do the same thing, you can't take paper promises to pay. They, the promises can't all be kept. And if you're going to take pieces of paper with somebody's signature on them... For every hundred of you people in the audience who take the piece of paper with the signature on it, I'm going to make you a bet that 90, at least 90, are going to lose your assets. I don't have a problem with people who have physical IRA accounts and their metal is stored in the Delaware Depository. I mean, that is their choice. That is the risk they take. I can accept that. I cannot accept having people letting dealers store their metals. I mean, I keep product for some people for a short period of time and so forth, but that's not how we do. I mean, that's not what we do. I, I, and I don't, it's like giving your cat, it's like giving your cash to your neighbor and allowing them to hold it for you. Well, it also creates a certain amount of I conflict mean, of interest. When you are in a business of selling gold, for example, or gold coins, that's one business. Storing gold and gold coins is another business. When you have the two businesses combined together, where you can, we're going to sell you gold coins if you want to buy them. Uh, We will also store them if you want to sell them. Sooner or later, the people that are running a business that both sells the gold coins and stores the gold coins is going to find themselves in a bind. And they're going to say, Jesus, I've got to sell these gold coins to Smith over here. He just ordered 150 gold coins, and we're out. I don't have them. But guess what? We have a pile of 150 gold coins in Mrs. Brown's account back there in the vault. And I know we'll get it back in just a week or two. So why don't we just take her 150 coins, and we'll sell them to Smith? He'll never know. She'll never know. And we'll get the 150 back in just a week or two. I know things are going to change, and then we'll get it back. This is the temptation that has beguiled goldsmiths since the first time people started storing their banks, their, their gold with goldsmiths, their money with goldsmiths. Sooner or later, you realize all that, all that gold is sitting there. They're not using it. I could use it. I could make a profit off of it. And who would know? And inevitably, people succumb to that temptation. And this is what happens, too. I mean, at first, he was just selling it online where the, the customers could buy and sell precious metals to each other. Then he started selling it directly to customers. And what happens, I'll guarantee you, this company probably sold their coins basically at wholesale. So he was able to undercut every other dealer in this country. People thought that they were getting a deal. 
And uh, the next thing you know, he's speculating on the market. Then all of a sudden, the new money coming in is paying for old trades. Gold prices rise, and he's, you know, he... he, he it's and time to then, buy a boat. Then, it's time then, to buy a boat he, and head south. Then he, dips, then he dips into and the product that he stored. And plus, when you have all this money just laying around, hey, don't you think these guys, you know, you know begin to start living the life? You know, you have all that it's temptation a, it's around It's a difficult you. temptation to, for anyone to resist. If people start trusting me to hold all their money for them, it takes a certain amount of character to sit back and say, okay, I'm going to hold their money for them, and I'm not going to dip into it. I don't care what happens. And even though they may not be asking for their money for another 10 years or something like that, and there's plenty of time, I'm not going to dip into their money. Uh, even if I have an emergency and the grandkids need braces, no, I'm not going to dip in. And nobody right? knows who these people are online. And then we need to move on. And p- nobody knows who these people are when you're dealing online. That's what baffles me the most. Yeah. I mean, why no. would anybody With spend their I mean, hard-earned you're... money to people you don't even know on the Internet. Well, like everything do. from the people Internet is true. Now. Well, you're I mean, not buying... the business over the Internet, but... You're it's... not buying a T-shirt. Well, I get no. that. I get that. It's not the same thing. And no, when you start isn't. when you start buying valuable items over the, inter- over the Internet, it's not just a question of whether you bought a gold coin. It's a question of whether you bought $50,000 worth of gold coins or a quarter million dollars worth of gold coins, and some people do. All right? That means the hackers, they can smell blood. This guy's got a quarter million dollars. Let's, ju- let's follow this account and see what we have to do to hack in on this thing. You know, there's, there's some things that you just have to use a certain amount of common sense, and you have to resist. At least you should resist. You should at least be wary. You should give, consider the possibility that when you're trusting someone and they're going to give you a piece of paper and you're going to give them your gold coins, this is a dangerous relationship. Right? You can't really trust. Uh, you know, it, it makes ultimately, if you're going to buy the coins, you've got to figure a way to store them yourself. At least some of them. You're going to trust someone else? You may live to regret it. I know that a lot of people are going to be able to trust other people, and it will succeed. They'll get by, all right? But there may come a moment just the same when all of a sudden, the reason you store these gold coins is to protect you against the day when we have a very serious problem. But if we have a very serious problem, what makes anyone so sure that some guy in another state or even another country is going to agree to send you, your gold coins. In the midst of real trouble, where everything's unstable, and maybe you can buy yourself a a phony passport with a different name, how many people that are hanging on, they've got everybody, they've got gold from 100 different people. A nice pile of gold. How many people, in the worst case scenario, why don't they just say, I think I'm going to pack this gold and I'm going to go to France? Or Uruguay? Or wherever. How are you going to get your gold? If things really go, if you, if you get to the moment when you really need it, what enforcement mechanism will allow you to get your gold that's being stored in another state or another country? 
There isn't going to be a purse mint and their certificates. Really? You know, they tell you to get 5% of physical and get the rest in. Like, really? Come on. It's the same way with shares. What's the point? If you're only having 5% of physical in your, in your, your portfolio, what's the point? Don't bother. What's it going to do for you? Uh, well, it gives you peace of mind at the moment. All that's right? not my point, Al. But it's Al. an illusion. It's an illusion that 5% you have to is, is this a reasonable, is this reason, is my peace of mind justified? Or is this a dangerous, a dangerous path? From my perspective, it's, if, it's, you should be wary. I mean, if you're wealthy, 5% is not going to you know, protect your assets. You know, and that was my point. I mean, 5% of the physical gold is not going to help your assets. When in the final analysis, if you get 5% in physical gold what's the point? and nine, 95% in paper certificates, you might just well have 95% in stocks or bonds. All you've got is paper. Once again, all you've got is paper. If the stuff hits the fan, that paper, all I can say is it better be soft and absorbent because that may be the only use you're going to get out of it. The whole idea behind this gold, well, you can call the collectible coins have a different mindset. They anticipate collectibles. They, they have a more optimistic mindset. In that sense, they're anticipating this, the economy is going to be do well. They probably... But the bullion coins are there in case the economy goes down. If it goes down, better have those coins close to hand, because if they don't, how are you going to get them? Send Guido and the boys over, <laughs> threaten to break the gold, the, the, gold, the gold vault owner's knees? You've got to find him. You're going to have to pay Guido and the boys to locate this guy, and he might be in Paris, and he might be down in uh, Buenos Aires. Who knows where he is? Um, this is, you know, if you are of a mindset that we are coming on difficult times, then you need to actually store. You've got to keep access, not 5%. You might think if, you, if you want to put some in a vault, put some in a vault, but you need to keep enough on hand where you can get by, worst-case scenario. What's next, Al? Let's move on. All right, worst case, what's next? We have about 65 seconds before we take a break, Melody. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, we talk about how poor the Americans are, and now everybody is hurting. But the National Football League says that uh, uh, this year you're going to have about $95 billion that will be bet, and most of it illegally. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of money for... You know, so I saw a joke. I mean, that's I incredible. Joke on, Ninety-five billion. I saw a joke about a guy who takes his girlfriend to a football game, and what we'll do is we'll break and take that commercial announcement. And I'll see if I can find the joke, and then we will read it when we come back. Talking about football, so a blonde girlfriend is taking to the football game, and she makes some interesting observations. And we'll see if these strike other people as funny. They strike me as funny. And we'll be back. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We'll be right back. Please stay tuned to Financial Survival.
If you have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. I'm Alfred Haddisk here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. What's next, Melody? Well, I just wanted to remind the listeners of our specials, $915 for the American Gold Eagle a quarter ounce, along with 20 of the uh, Morgan Silver Dollars. These are pre-1921. And a one-year subscription to the Common Sense Coalition uh, annual newsletter, the PEN. And, of course, this includes all your shipping costs. And if anybody would also like a uh, complimentary copy to her newsletter, this is uh, uh, Beth Ann's off of the, the Common Sense Coalition. Uh, she'd be more than happy to send it to, uh, to you. Just uh, let us know. $915. And if you would like to replace that one-quarter ounce gold with a one-tenth, you can do that also. But give us a call at 1-800-375-4188. Okay, I found my little joke here. Let's see if I can tell it where anyone else finds it amusing. I think this is amusing. The guy took his blonde girlfriend to her first football game. They had great seats right behind their team's bench. After the game, he asked her how she liked it. She said, oh, I really liked it, especially the tight pants and all the big muscles. But I just couldn't understand why they were killing each other over 25 cents. Dumbfounded, her boyfriend said, what do you mean? He said, well, they flipped a coin. One team got it, and then the rest of the game, all they kept screaming was, get the quarterback, get the quarterback. I'm like, hello, it's only 25 cents. You get that, Melody? Yes, I did. 
<laughs> I actually thought, get the quarterback, get the quarterback. Well, you see, this is... Was she uh, blonde? Did you say she was blonde? Uh, I said, I, it doesn't say, it says she was blonde, but it doesn't say whether she was a natural blonde or she had dyed her hair blonde. It doesn't say. But uh, any case, get the quarterback, get the quarterback, and she's like, hello, it's only 25 cents. So I thought that was... I thought that was amusing. <laughs> I'd have to agree. I got a little uh-huh. chuckle, too. Uh-huh. Well, that was a bot that took you long enough. And Frank, he could at least have rim shots. Nice. When you do little jokes like that, Frank could have a little rim mm-hmm. shot, the sound mm-hmm. system where he goes, ting. All um, right. Let's move on. What's next? I don't know. Melody, gee, I have to make up all the... How about the Asian stocks? Think on. Here's That's fine. Here's a story to me. Asian stocks sink on Fed rate hike expectations, all right? And what they're talking about is Asian stocks were weaker earlier today. And this was, what it says, Asian stock markets were weaker Thursday after Wall Street fell following a strong U.S. jobs ad report that added to the case for the Fed's first rate hike in years. I don't know if that makes any sense to anyone, but I had to read that a time or two just to see what the logic is. The explanation reminds me of the old Rube Goldberg machine. First, a strong U.S. jobs report caused, second, an increased probability the Federal Reserve will raise interest rates next week, which caused, third, U.S. stocks to fall, causing, fourth, Asian stocks to fall. Does that make sense to anybody? Isn't that a little like chaos theory that postulates that a butterfly flapping its wings in New Mexico can precipitate a hurricane off the coast of China? Haven't the markets had months to factor in the possibility that the Federal Reserve might someday, sometime, raise interest rates from a quarter of a percent to half a percent? Is one quarter percent interest rate hike even significant? Are we dealing with causes and effects? Or are we dealing with effects and rationales? In other words, they say, well, the market moved. What reason can we think of to explain it? Which comes first, the effect or the rationale? Does reason cause an effect or does an effect cause the creation of a rationale? If we can no longer identify clear causes and effects, in other words, if we don't really understand, why did the market go down? All right? If we can't do that, how can anyone really be? Can, is anyone in control? If no one is in control, doesn't that st- sap investor confidence? If in confidence falls, won't the markets follow? Um, they go on with the article, and it says a report from the Labor Department on Wednesday said U.S. employers advertised the most jobs in 15 years. Job opening soared 8%. Hiring remains strong. Uh, and, and that may precipitate the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates. All right? U.S. stock markets closed lower Wednesday after a rally in the morning as jobs data raised chances of a Fed rate hike. Japan's Nikkei 225 sagged almost 3% after surging 7.7%, the biggest gain the on, on the previous day, Wednesday, Hong Kong's Hang Seng uh, uh, Index dropped 2.2%. China's Shanghai Composite Index declined 1.1%. Stocks in Australia, Southeast Asia, South Korea were also lower. An analyst's uh, explanation, 
just when you thought risk sentiment is on the mend, it unceremoniously crumbles in the U.S. markets. The analysts are arguing that because there's evidence that the U.S. economy may be strengthening, the Federal Reserve will raise interest rates from twenty from a quarter of a percent uh, to perhaps one-half percent, and that'll be bad for stocks. And so investors are selling out right now. How can it be bad for U.S. stocks and then the global stock markets if the U.S. economy is strengthening? Are investors crazy? Are investors living in a constant state of terror where they're frightened by any little thing? I mean, oh, my gosh. They're going to raise the interest rate from a quarter of a percent to a half a percent. What does this mean? It's like I've increased the speed in my automobile from 35 miles an hour to 36 miles an hour. Are we now in great danger because we're going a mile an hour faster? Do people in positions of real power have knowledge that indicates the U.S. economy is far weaker than is commonly supposed? Is that what's driving this thing? The truth, in my opinion, is that the U.S. and Asian markets fell on Wednesday for no reason that anyone understands certainly not in the public mind, and therefore the analysts have been compelled to devise some sort of plausible rationale for the decline. If my opinion is mistaken, then it follows that the U.S. and Asian stock markets must be so weak that they can be spooked by a mere whisper of suspicion based on an otherwise positive U.S. jobs report. I mean, it's just goofy. Either nobody can explain this or the markets are in big trouble. That's how, that's how it, at least it looks to me. And we'll watch and see. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. But it's just goofy. We've been talking about, oh, my gosh, the Federal Reserve is going to raise the interest rate from a quarter of a percent to a half a percent. Well, big deal. All right? That's enough, to, that's enough to make markets fall? I mean, we are now talking about that snowflake. We've all heard the analogy of the, uh, of the avalanche, um, where the snow is just piling up and piling up and piling up, and at some point there's going to be just one little snowflake that will be just enough to float down, land on top of all that accumulated snow, and it will precipitate the avalanche that's going to cause a lot of trouble for everyone. The description we have that U.S. markets fall because the Fed might raise interest rates and because the U.S. markets fall, the Asian markets fall because the Feds might raise interest rates, this is that snowflake in the avalanche. It indicates we are either in a lot of trouble or things are happening, nobody understands, and they're just coming up. Look, here's an explanation. I think they don't know what's going on. I think, I think that at the top, they are just playing for time and hoping to God they get lucky. Because I don't think they're smart enough to run this system. I think it's too big, too complex, too involved, uh, interrelated to a degree where you can't do anything without having adverse consequences. You do something over here, looks like a good idea. Let's do this. This will be a good idea. Yeah, we'll watch and see what adverse consequences you come up with later. All I look, I look at this and I see vulnerability, 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 which is, again, going to lead me to, you know, conclusion that is standard for me at this time. 
we are in jeopardy. We're not going to die over this, but we are in jeopardy. And we would, you know, it behooves us to get out there and get prepared. Why? This whole thing is shaky. That's all. And I think that's the only thing you can say about these markets that that anyone can demonstrate and say, we can we can kind of prove, yeah, the markets are unstable. Yes, the markets are shaky. Right? What else can we prove? They're going up, they're going down, they're going sideways. Nobody knows what they're going to do. And when they do it, most people won't be able to come up with a credible explanation of why it happened. It's like saying, look, the markets went... The markets went down in Asia because I wore black socks instead of blue socks. This is good an explanation to some of the others they have. <clears throat> All of which is just, you know, I, I, this, system is, this system to me is like a, an ocean liner. It's got a huge mass and an enormous momentum. And you can't just stop this thing on a dime. You can't turn it right or left, starboard or port. You can only slowly make this massive machine with all this inertia. You can only make it slowly veer to the right, slowly veer to the left. It's not subject to real control, and it does continue to move, maybe even when there's no fundamental basis for the movement. Its momentum carries it. People try to explain it. I think maybe all that's supporting us right now is a certain amount of momentum, but the point, the implication is that sooner or later, that momentum is either going to carry us to a place where we don't want to go, or maybe we even run out of momentum. All of which, you know, just brings me back. Get ready. Get ready. Maybe today, maybe a year from now. I don't know when. Nobody else knows. But we're looking at what is really motivating this thing. Is it moving under control, or is it just momentum that carries it another day, another week, another month? What's making this thing tick? I don't think anyone knows. There are people who pretend to know, they claim to know, they speak as if they are gurus and they're in positions of power and they're operating this thing. I think they are as mystified by what's happening in the global and U.S. economy as they would be if they captured an alien UFO. And they got inside and started looking at the control panel and the buttons and said, what do you think this does? What do you think this does? I don't know. Let's push this button and see what happens. If I'm right, I can't tell you that God's truth, what I just said, but if I'm right, again, we are back to You've got, you would be wise to protect yourself. Yeah. Do what you can. Yeah. Do protect yourself and your family as best you can before what may be a very difficult time. And if worse comes to worse and we don't really have that difficulty, you can still, most of what you really need for that difficult time, you can get through. You can use it later on. Say, well, gee, you know, it was like getting ready for Y2K. <laughs> You can store up all your food the rest of this or the, oh, my gosh, Y2K is coming. Well, it didn't actually happen, did it? But still, virtually all the supplies were useful. You know, it's not like you wasted your money on a bunch of stuff you didn't need or could never use. You wound up being able to use it. Well, it's the same thing now. 
the things you really need, you'll be able to really use almost any time in the future. And if you don't have them, we do have the problem, you're going to have some, you know, you're going to be in a difficult situation. That means it's your turn now, Melody. Well, I mean, I think we're going to, you know, we don't mean to take things lightly. I mean, uh, I mean, there have been so many predictions and so forth that we talked about in the first part of the program, and it is about all being prepared. That doesn't mean, I, I mean, we do have some serious problems facing and coming our way, and I think they're going to be here sooner than later. And I do believe, you know, with the amount of debt, not only this country, you know, you, you talked about the, you know, the, the way the markets respond with something that uh, seems to be so minor, if the markets respond to something that seems to be so minor, can you imagine what happens when something a little more major comes along? And when we talk about the debt, we talk about this country's debt. But you have all your European countries doing the same thing. You have Japan doing it. I mean, trillions of their currencies being put into their markets to try to stimulate something and, and try to uh, maintain the illusion, because that's all it is. It's the illusion that they're yeah. maintaining. And that illusion, I mean, how long can they keep this illusion going? That's the big question. And that's the big question. Yeah. It could be tomorrow. It could be the end. Yep. It could be next month. I was just going back and I was reading some predictions from, you know, 2012, I think it was. You know, incredible people. Oh, silver was going to be 400 and gold was going to be 8,000 you know, before 2015. Well, you know, a lot of these predictions take away the importance of what is truly going on. And, and the, there are distractions also, just like the guy who says gold's going to be 700. That's a distraction, folks. So don't fall into their, you know, into their game. Take control of your situation. And take responsibility. And responsibility. That's what ultimately it comes down to. You know, you're going to have to make up your own mind. You can believe me. You can believe Melody. You can believe a hundred different people. You make up, make up your choice. But you have to take responsibility because if a worst case scenario really does break down, does happen, who's going to take care? Who is going to take responsibility if not you? We're going to have to break because we're out of time, folks. I want to thank all of you for listening. Melody and I will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, of the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye bye.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing pot maybe longer. Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at freezedryguy at lancet.com. That's freezedryguy at l-a-n-s-e-t dot com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one four. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare, while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at freezedryguy at lancet.com. That's freezedryguy at l-a-n-s-e-t dot com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. 
These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Silver wings upon their chest These are men America's best 100 men will test today but only three when the green beret All right everybody it's good to hear the song the ballad of the green beret welcome to American Voice Radio Freedom Call I'm your host my name is Bo Greitz and uh, we're approaching uh, rapidly, this Sunday, the 10th anniversary of uh, the most catastrophic uh, event. Now, they had the great flu during World War One that uh, killed uh, more people than the war did. And there have been other things uh, that have been uh, just completely unimaginable, like the war of northern aggression from 1861 to 1865 where brothers fought brothers, sons and fathers fought each other, uh, the north and the south. It, uh, it's just unthinkable. But here on this soil, as a terrorist attack, we uh, look at 1941, December 7th, when the Japanese uh, allegedly made a sneak attack against Pearl Harbor. The fact is that we knew the Japanese were going to bomb Pearl Harbor. The fact is, is that Churchill had been pumping, squeezing, and begging uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt to get in the war, we had a Lynn lease going, we were sending Great Britain uh, armaments, but America's attitude was, don't get in this war. That was the attitude in World War I. And uh, Woodrow Wilson won the Nobel Peace Prize uh, for uh, his work uh, on the a treaty, which was the most awful thing, probably drawn up uh, to end a, a great war. It assured there would be World War II, 
It also assured that there would be probably a Hitler. And in all of these cases, the presidents promised that America would not get boots on the ground. No involvement of soldiers. No Americans uh, in harm's way sent by the commander-in-chief uh, under an act of war. And, as a matter of fact, uh, when Vietnam came along, uh, it, it was Johnson. Now, you remember that Kennedy was pulling us out of Vietnam. It was November of 1963 that Kennedy was killed. And one of the reasons, I can give you ten, all of them, a reason meriting if you are evil, if your incentive is uh, to be a parasite on America by getting subsidy uh, for oil through the government, or if you uh, had set your mind against uh, having black students ever uh, integrate white schools, I mean, all of these things, if you uh, were a defense manufacturer, if you were a member of the mafia, if you were in the CIA and Kennedy said, I'm going to splinter the CIA into a thousand pieces, if you were Alan Dulles, Director Central Intelligence, and you were fired by Kennedy. The Mafia was prosecuted ten times as much as ever before under the Kennedy brothers. When you look at uh, Pepsi-Cola, you see that Dick Tricky Dick Nixon is in Dallas on the day that Kennedy is killed. Nixon is a director on the board of Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola wanted the Bay of Pigs because it would give them access to Cuban sugar. The mafia wanted the Bay of Pigs because they were making millions, billions off of gambling, prostitution, controlling all of the crime, the organized crime, out of Havana under Batista. Now, Batista was willing to cooperate with all of these because he got his cut. Kennedy never did like, and this was Nixon's setup with the Bay of Pigs. It was Daddy Bush uh, who was employed by the CIA at that time, but Daddy Bush also had a front called Zapata Oil. One of the ships was named the Barbara after, of course, uh, Daddy Bush's pride. And the other was the Pata. These ships uh, ended up 
being uh, hit uh, by a fire, but they were, uh, Daddy Bush was sponsoring this thing. There were so many reasons. And Kennedy, this was a Nixon setup. And then everybody thought that Nixon was going to beat Kennedy when he didn't. Well, the operation was already in motion. Eisenhower warned us, watch out for the military-industrial complex. And so we have Kennedy who says, no. And he turns the planes around that would have eliminated. Now, we did make airstrikes, but we, with Kennedy reducing the amount of aircraft the CIA was uh, requesting because we were using World War II twin-engine bombers, B-25s, B-26s. And the idea was to go in and destroy the airfield and all of, they had some old, some early MiGs there. Plus they had a mix of other uh, American aircraft, the Cuban Air Force was taken over by Fidel Castro, and uh, Batista knew the United States was protecting his Cuba, so uh, there really was not, even though, of course, Khrushchev, the premier of the Soviet Union, was uh, supporting Castro, and there was some exchange, and if you'll remember... Uh, we had the missile problem. I mean, there were all kind of things that went wrong, but Kennedy was killed, and one of and part of the reason was because he did turn those planes around. He didn't like the idea of uh, going in and forcefully taking over Cuba, deposing Castro, so you could put a dictator back in. And so, uh, in in stopping. The Bay of Pigs, my buddies were traded uh, for tractors. I mentioned that to you in yesterday's broadcast. And the uh, point is is that uh, JFK had to go and RFK also. And so uh, what about we go slip on back to World War II? Did they know about? Uh, Pearl Harbor, yes, but FDR had promised America that we wouldn't get into the war. Well, with Pearl Harbor, all of a sudden, now we've got uh, FDR proclaiming war against uh, Japan and all of the Axis. And that meant that we could uh, enter the war in Europe, we can save Britain again, and all this stuff. And here we have LBJ. It says, American boys will not be doing what Asian boys ought to be doing, uh, or words to that effect. And what happened? Soon as Kennedy, Kennedy, we're down to 30,000 advisors, which is what it should have been in Vietnam. No reason for the NVA, the North Vietnamese Army, to come in and uh, 
take over the battle uh, that the Viet Cong was uh, struggling with against the South. Let the North stay up there. Let the Southern Viet Cong, uh, Vietnamese Communists, uh, fight. And if the South cannot hold its own, then uh, let it go, communist. So we, and the reason that we got involved in Vietnam is because of defense contractors and because of RMK and BRJ. This is all the big contractors that make the tens of billions that billions get lost. Just we, I mean, how can we lose $10 billion uh, where they say in Iraq, well, we just don't know where it went. And the same thing in Afghanistan. That's because of these contractors that to them, war is business and business is good. And so uh, Kennedy is killed, LBJ takes over, and the next thing you know, we got a half a million. We went from 300,000 to a half million troops in Vietnam. Now, what are we into now? The media keeps talking about, well, our double war. Yeah, we're fighting two wars. We're fighting a war in Afghanistan. We're fighting a war in Iraq. Are we on the ground in Libya? Yes, we are. They've already admitted that there we're, we did all the initial bombing. Special Forces is doing the training and leading and supplying of these so-called uh, unification of, of insurgents. And where else are we? Somalia? Yemen? Yes, we are. America is fighting five wars right now. It keeps uh, our munitions cleaned out so that the companies that are making missiles, bombs, bayonets, beans, boots, uh, you name it, they are fully contracted probably for the next. And they're actually saying, well, the troops may stay another uh, 12 years in Afghanistan. Well, the troops may stay, you know, another uh, 10 years in Iraq. That's what British Petroleum wants in Iraq. That's what the British Opium, which Karzai, our puppet president of Afghanistan, I mean, can you imagine a little country like a poor, like Afghanistan, supplies 93% of the world's heroin. 93% of all the heroin in the world comes right out of Afghanistan. How do they produce all of those poppies? How do they, I mean, 93% of the world's uh, requirement, that's uh, like, trying to produce oil or tires or batteries, anything else. It is a major undertaking when you're talking about the world. 
So you've got to be really efficient. You've got to have security. You have to be able to uh, get the raw opium, and you have to move it without all of the threat to bandits. Because you see, Afghanistan is tribal. So you've got to have something that is central, like Karzai and our government. Our troops don't know anything about securing opium routes. They don't have to know. And when we say, well, uh, uh, we ought to listen to the generals, you know, I worked for Comus MacVies, a special operations chief for four-star generals. And uh, the point is, thank God that when I, it's not that I like Jane Fonda. She was right for the wrong reasons. And her husband, uh, Tom Hayden, I don't like them. It's, uh, vets aren't fond of Jane. But the point is, is that the American people are what stopped the war at 58,000 dead in Vietnam. And so when I hear, and I worked on the Army General Staff, I was a Chief of Congressional Relations in the Office of the Secretary of Defense. I know what I'm talking about. You don't want to listen to the generals. Now we got General Petraeus as head of the CIA as of this week. And Pinata is Secretary of Defense now. But we have a liberal president, and yet five wars? And he cannot stop that? What do we think we're doing? Do you, is this the fourth crusade of the rich? Remember the crusades back in the 10th century? Remember the third crusade we lost. King Richard the Lionhearted of England took knights into the Middle East to try and... Uh, secure Jerusalem, and we lost. It took all that time for the Arabs, all these nomadic tribes, to finally get organized. We did win initially, but when the Arabs finally did get organized, there was a lot more Arabs. That's their land. God says right in the Bible, and talking about Abraham, Hagar, his Egyptian handmaiden of Abraham's wife, Sarah, gave him Ishmael, his first son, and the angel told Hagar that Ishmael would be the father of a great population of more uh, people than, than the sands of the sea, and that they would be a wild man in the face of every other. Look in Genesis, it's 
right there for you. First book of the Bible. And look where we are. We're right in the middle of the Middle East. We have five wars going on in Islamic countries. And at whose benefit? Well, in Libya, it is Italy's benefit. They owned Libya. They love Libya. They claim Libya as a colony. And if you look on a map, you know, it's just across the water that you've got Libya in North Africa, and there's Italy, the boot of Italy, right there. And so it's British Petroleum. When you're looking uh, at Iraq, it is opium, heroin, when you look at Afghanistan. And you get the British saying, we have must win this one. We can't give up on this one. How come? Well, do you know? I I know this of a fact because you can't pick my friends for me. But I knew General Kun Sa personally, who was the heroin overlord in Burma, in the Golden Triangle, when it provided ninety three percent of the world's heroin. Kun Sa was sending out 3,000 tons out of the Golden Triangle. Afghanistan is sending out 8,400 tons, almost three times what we were allowing out of the Golden Triangle because the Americans were there. Now the Americans are in Afghanistan, and the Golden Triangle is dried up, and they call this the Golden Triangle. Crescent. Well, we have this attack at 9-11. Did we know that the attack was going to occur? Yes, we did. Can we prove it? Yes, we can. Why haven't we? Because it goes along with uh, TWA 800 being uh, taken out as it climbs through 15,000 feet over New York City by a missile. It goes to a program called Aegis that was being confirmed. It is an anti-ship weapons device. And the Army was supplying the enemy target which was a missile, and the Air Force was uh, flying to see if the Aegis system that was fired from a ship uh, that was out in a firing area in the Atlantic Ocean uh, could discern between uh, friendly Air Force aircraft, the enemy missile, and friendly Air carriers, nobody briefed people at LaGuardia or JFK or Newark. And what happened is, just like Murphy says, all of a sudden something happens to the missile, lock on, and 
that missile, when it bleeped and then it reacquired, it was programmed that if it loses its track, then it is assumed that it is closing on the target, and so it will track the nearest target. That happened to be not the Army rocket that was fired from the ground. It happened to be TWA-800, who was climbing out of 15,000 feet. The Aegis rocket did not have a warhead on it. Uh, it uh, went right through uh, the 747, right through the fuel area. Uh, you know what happened. The plane cracked into, and everybody aboard was killed, fell into the harbor. And so does the government come out and say, oh, gosh, we were running a program? No. Did the government say they shot down the airplane that would have hit the Capitol building that was shot down in Pennsylvania? No, they don't say that. And so, yes. And I'll tell you when we get back. We're going to listen to American Voice Radio just for a couple of minutes. They've got some important announcements. Then we'll come back, and I'm going to give you the proof just in case anybody you're talking to on 9-11, that's the Sunday, you can tell them and you can use the documentation to back it up. Coming back. Stay with us. about distilled water. If you decide on bottled water, make sure it's distilled. However, in the long run, you'll save money if you clean your water at home. It's more convenient than hauling gallon jugs from the store. The gold standard for purifying your water is a system that distills your water and filters it. You have the comfort of knowing there is no chlorine, fluoride, bacteria, viruses, pesticides, or lead. You get nothing but H2O, maximum health. Dr. Robert D. Willis Jr. MD. Order your tabletop water distiller for $139.99 postpaid. It comes with everything you need to get pure distilled water. Go to superstore.theamericanvoice.com. That's superstore.theamericanvoice.com. Order now. (laughs) 
countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. with you, and uh, I told you that I was going to give you the evidence. I'm going to give it to you in a short run, because I wrote a book. The book is called My Brother's Keeper. The book is uh, 650 pages long. The last uh, chapter of the book uh, is entitled War in America, and uh, I give you exactly, even as when Kennedy was killed, I was a captain in special forces teaching assassinations in the unconventional warfare department of the special warfare school. Now we call it the John Fitzgerald Kennedy Center for Special Warfare. But, of course, he was alive. And when I uh, was, I knew everybody in the business has a, everything is compartmentalized, but you have the aura, you have the feeling, you know what's going down, because they always have, it's like uh, looking at Lego, 
pieces. You know what's going to fit with what to give you the angle you're looking for. Well, it's the same, you know, in the in the business. We taught assassination to special forces so that uh, the uh, methods, well, I, it was 1963, November, when Kennedy was killed, and there I was in the UW department. 1964, I'm over in Vietnam, wasn't running an assassination program then, but the next year... Well, 1966 was when the Phoenix program uh, was started. And we, uh, I, I did a better job. Uh, we, we assassinated a lot of uh, infrastructure. But my requirement was much more definitive than the CIA's uh, basic program, Phoenix program. I required my watchers, which were made up of a small army of women dressed uh, in traditional uh, Vietnamese farm or poor people. That was the conical hats, the owl's eyes, or the black pajamas, would ride the buses out of Saigon. And they would go to the end of the line. But uh, along the line, many times, the bus was stopped either by somebody on it and taxes were collected uh, for the Communist Party uh, there in the South. And or there would be roadblocks. Well, at that point is where my assassins got off. And in most cases, they targeted people who were not in uniform, not carrying arms openly, but they had seen a handgun, even though, and so they knew the person was an agent of the Viet Cong or the North Vietnamese. They would get off. Uh, they uh, would inform uh, our special operations NCO, who actually managed uh, the girls, and then she would complete the mission. The operations sergeant uh, would have one of... Uh, our special forces dispatched would secure the weapon. The girl would. The weapon was used to check and see if that person who had been assassinated was actually a friendly agent. We never found a case where the serial number of that weapon went back to uh, a South Vietnamese or a friendly uh, Arvin, Army of the Republic of Vietnam, uh, was always a communist. And so the operations sergeant would uh, collect the weapons. Uh, the girls were very brave because they were operating by themselves. And mostly their technique was to get the attention 
of the target and uh, do so uh, with sexual innuendo so that they could isolate themselves with the target uh, with the opportunity to take the target down. And they did it very successfully. And I've mentioned there was only one that was remarkable because we had, again, silent bullets. We had all kinds of silent weapons. But the one girl liked to use Gillette single-edge razor blades between her fingers that put three razor blades in each hand. All she had to do was stroke the face and neck of her target. He was dead and never knew it until no blood was going to his brain. And uh, so I, I understand about how these things go on. And I understand that the government, what do they do if they know that the enemy is going to strike the Twin Towers? Well, we did know, and I'm not talking about 9-11. In 1993, do you remember? In 1993, the FBI infiltrated a group of fundamentalist jihadists. The FBI set them up with explosives, with a van. I mean, the FBI went way, uh, I believe, in my opinion, way beyond what they should have because that van actually got into uh, the underground of the World Trade Center and had a... Uh, uh, special Forces demolitionist done the calculations, uh, it would have been obvious that that was not the right placement to bring down the World Trade Tower. And But it went off, and people uh, were injured and killed. The FBI arrested these people. They are in prison. Did we know about Tuesday, because that's when 9-11 was, September 11th, 2001. Yes, we did. Now, I just wanted to uh, give you some facts. On September the 6th and 7th, this is 2001, this is four days before the World Trade Center went down and the Pentagon was hit. The Chicago Board of Options Exchange saw the purchase of 4,744 put option contracts on United Airlines. Now, there were only two airlines used in the attack. They were from American and United. So you can look at these airlines and tell that no other airline, other American, I'm going to give you the figures on it in just a second, 
had anywhere near. I mean, it was usual for United Airlines to get maybe uh, 10, maybe as many as 20 put contracts. But here, just before 9-11, they... There was 4,744. Now, do you think that normally when they get 10, maybe 20, that this would raise some eyebrows? What's going on with United? Now, do you know that the very same Chicago Exchange processed 4,516 options on American Airlines, which, again, was, I mean, with the United, it was like 10 or maybe 12, as high as 20. With American, it was the same. They had 15 or 20 was normal. And there's 4,516. Wouldn't that say that something is going to happen with United and American. Now, there were two other companies that uh, were went berserk that day with these put contracts. They were Morgan Stanley and Merrill Lynch. Morgan Stanley and Merrill Lynch were the two main occupants of the World Trade Center. Morgan Stanley normally recorded about 27 of these options every day. But three days before 9-11, it was 2,157. Merrill Lynch, which used to get about the same as Morgan Stanley, about 20 to 27, they saw 12,215. Now, with this extreme spike in manipulating stocks so that a profit is made on the two airliners that are going to hit the Pentagon and the World Trade Center, there were four airliners all together. Two of them hit the World Trade Center. Uh, one of them hit the Pentagon, and the other was shot down and crashed, would have hit the Capitol building. But they were all united and American. And in the World Trade Center, the two largest companies were Morgan Stanley and uh, Merrill Lynch. And do you think the Security Exchange Commission, who is supposed to keep an eye on Wall Street and the commodities market, do you think that maybe they should have said, holy cow, what happened here? Now, let me tie it together for you. How do you think people knew 
to go out and create such a tremendous anomaly, such as from 20 uh, all the way up to 12,215 with Merrill Lynch. And uh, with you know, 4,500, uh, where normally American Airlines had 15. Well, who knew to tell people that could manipulate there is a perfect person? Do you think that the uh, CEO and chairman of the board of Alex Brown Incorporated, which is America's oldest investment banking firm, it's now owned by Doshas Bank, but do you think that Alex Brown uh, would uh, be... If you were a CEO of that huge corporation, one of the most respected, oldest, largest, Alex Brown Incorporated, well, there was somebody. Of course, his name was A.B. Krongard. His nickname was Buzzy. He had just been appointed in March, March 16th of 2001 by the director of the Central Intelligence Agency, who was George W. Tennant at that time. He was appointed executive director of the Central Intelligence Agency. And, as a matter of fact, when he was anointed by a DCI tenant, he said, quote, I am proud, and we should all be proud, of the operation of our Central Intelligence Agency and its staff. Well, he certainly should, because of People got rich off those four companies. Those four companies, have you ever heard the saying, we should follow the money? Well, that's exactly what should be done. But have we followed the money? No, we haven't. <laughs> All right, now let me give you some things that you can use. That's just the truth in the background for Sunday, 9-11. If you have a flag, don't forget to bring it to half-mast. And then Monday morning, and when you bring a flag down, you bring a flag down very slowly. When the flag goes up, it goes up very quickly. And so uh, early on the morning, Monday morning, lift, O glory, quickly to the top of your flag stand. And... Uh, I, as, uh, for example, head of the American Legion, where I live, uh, we are going to lower the community flags from our community center, from the Senior Citizen Center, uh, from the Keystone Foundation at the cemetery, uh, and 
Matter of fact, at the bar where they have, it used to be the official uh, Sandy Valley Flagstaff, because they had a nice big parking lot. We could hold all of our uh, ceremonies there. Now, uh, we have Obama tonight. Last night, we had eight of the people running uh, for president. And uh, tonight, we got Obama. And we also have tonight football. Now, uh, Obama will address the joint session of Congress at 7 o'clock. But you know what Obama is going to say? Obama is going to spend hundreds of billions of dollars buying new jobs. So you say, well, if Obama can create new jobs, where does the money come from? You know, new jobs need to be created through the private sector, not by the government. You know, there, uh, there's a company, uh, and the, it's a solar firm, and the name of it is Solyndra, S-O-L-Y-N-D-R-A. Obama went and paid them a visit, and they gave them over $500 million, $550 million, as a matter of fact, was given to this uh, Solyndra. And do you know that uh, they... And it, it was told to Obama's administration, this company, what'd they do? They almost immediately went bankrupt. <laughs> now, Obama went there personally and said, oh, you guys are the epitome of green money, uh, being in the solar business. And so, actually, the exact amount was $535 million. Million dollars, five hundred thirty-five, and the I wonder what happened to half a billion dollars. Do you think somewhere in a bank account uh, in uh, Beverly Hills <laughs> there is uh, something for uh, Obama, his family, his grandmother, maybe whomever? Anyway, it is uh, it's skullduggery. And uh, to let you know, Texas has won something. It wasn't mentioned by uh, Rick Perry, who, by the way, is uh, probably the uh, front runner now after the debate. Uh, also, uh, Mitt Romney looked good. Uh, but the point is that Texas has won something. Texas, as of today, became the hottest state in America's history, recorded history, to have the hottest 
summer of any state in the Union. And number two was Oklahoma. I thought it was hot out here in the desert. I thought that Death Valley, but not. And third is Louisiana. And so, uh, by the way, I mentioned to you yesterday that this super panel is starting to meet. Of course, they got to stop now because you got Obama going to give you his solution to creating jobs. Yeah, we did this before. He gave out trillions of dollars. Let me ask you, where are the jobs? So the jobs need to come from the private sector. Obama's plan is to spend about $400 billion of government money and just let the people, it just goes on, uh, you know, our, our bill. And it, it helps to destroy by increasing the burden, the financial burden, of the United States. It helps to destroy America so that we can become part of this global governance. Well, we have, as you know, six Democrats and six Republicans, uh, each three Democrat Republicans from the House and the same from the Senate, makes a, a committee of 12 that has to cut a trillion and a half dollars by Thanksgiving, or automatic cuts will uh, begin to whack away at some programs that we'd rather not be cut. Anyway, one of the members, a Republican, uh, on this almighty committee is Kyle from Arizona. He says he will quit if they try and take away defense funds. If they cut defense funds, and you know where all these defense contractors, uh, if they don't bring the troops home, if they, I mean, they can't cut. Uh, you know, we have five wars we're fighting. Kyle says he'll quit. So they need to get a Republican from somewhere else. Because I think, honestly, it would be fairly easy, and I've already given you many examples, to cut a trillion and a half dollars out of, and you, you start with the discretionary funds of the administration. Now, today, uh, the uh, Susquehanna, Susquehanna, Susquehanna River, which runs... Uh, through uh, New York, Maryland, Pennsylvania, uh, is flooding. More than 65,000 people have been told to flee because the Susquehanna will not reach its flood level for five more feet, and already it's just swallowing up these small townships. Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, is being threatened, and the people are fleeing. Now, when you look in Cala in Texas, where this fire has been ravaging, they it has the fire has eaten up eighteen hundred 
I'm sorry, 1,400 homes have been consumed by this fire. Do you find all of this rather interesting, all of this phenomenon? Well, think about it, and uh, God be willing, I'll meet with you again on Friday. So keep listening to American Voice Radio. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Silver wings upon their chest these are men, America's best. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541 2 Two five four six five nine. That's five four one two two five four six five nine. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Closed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes. Now in the street, they all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. 
You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Welcome to the Messiah's Branch Broadcast. A one-hour prophecy program on the American Voice Radio Network, featuring Pastor Dan of the Messiah's Branch Ministry. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Welcome to Mission Watch Live, another Messiah's Branch national satellite radio program. We are broadcasting from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is September 10th, 2015. hear the shofar, hear the sound of that shofar, heed the warning that it puts out, because soon, folks, that's going to be blowing in the heavens. We don't know the day or the hour, but it is coming, my dear brothers and sisters, and with Mission Watch Live, we are warning the world as it happens. If you need help with anything after the program, please call me. If you need a prayer, you can call me for that also. It's all about getting right with Yeshua. I'm not predicting it's the end of the world today, tomorrow, or next week, but what I am telling you, it's going to come upon you in in such a a rush fashion if you don't get right. You know, and that extends to where that if you just see, you could step out in front of a truck, or like I did last week, I took my wife for a motorcycle ride and and you know what? Uh, I almost had a wreck, and, you know, we could have both been dead. It could have came upon us in a moment. Yeah, I got a skinned-up knee and a skinned-up elbow, but the point is, is we could have both been dead. And if we wouldn't have been right with our father, then it would have came upon us it just as well a thief. It would have come upon us. And then we would, once your death happens, it's all up to you, sure. You can do nothing to change it. You need to change your life now. You need to get right now. You could come. Uh, you could tomorrow have cancer, and it take over you. And I've seen cancer kill people in a matter of days, if not weeks. So pray about it. Get yourself right. So if you need a prayer, you can call me for that. If you get the machine, leave your name, your number, your prayer request, and or message. And here's another way that you can get prayer requests to me. Simply send me an email with uh, your home phone. Uh, uh, phone number on it, of course, so I can call you back, but you can also include your name and address and the contents of that. I will take, print it out, take it to the Mission Church, and uh, after service, we will anoint it with oil. We'll, during service, during the prayer time, we'll anoint it with oil, and we'll pray on it, 
and lay hands on it, and we will mail the letter back to you at no cost to you. So pray about that. But the phone number, of course, is 620-878-4682, 620-878-4682. And in an emergency, my cell phone number is 316-619-4886. You can always find uh, updates with the breaking news, our ministry, radio program archives, and our mailing address at our blog, which is simply prophecyhour.com, prophecyhour.com. Yeah, you can put the www in front of it, might make it work a little better, but if you Google prophecyhour.com, you're going to find our, our blog site, which is like a hub for everything else that we do. Speaking of which, there's a, a link over there to End Time Radio Program Archives, and so that's where our radio archives are at. You can listen on smartphone. You can listen by satellite. You can listen by radio. Check it out. Go to prophecyhour.com. Um, now, prayer, and I'll bring on our guests, but I still challenge you to share our radio programs with at least two or three others, and I ask each, each and every one of you that if you are blessed by this radio program, pray about a few dollars as a donation. We, as we have so many listeners, a few dollars per listener would make a big difference. But you can never get people to do that. Um, while you have thousands upon thousands of people listening, only a small, small few actually donate. But anyway, everybody thinks radio is free. Of course, airtime is it, time is it, so on and so forth. But I don't care. I do this out of the heart to warn you because I'm worried about you. I'm praying and weeping for things that are to come. Prayer now. Bring on our guest. Let him talk. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name I pray. Father, I pray that radio tonight goes according to your will, and surely not mine, and surely not our guest's will. But, Father, we pray that it's according to your will so it glorifies you and doesn't glorify the, the world. So please give us all ears in which to hear the truth and make discernment. In your your son, Yeshua HaMashiach's name, amen and amen. Well, tonight's guest was on our program last week, Prophecy Hour, as you know, that comes an hour after this program. I felt that he had really not finished with much of what he was trying to say. So much is supposed to be happening soon, and that's supposed to fall in, which is supposed to fall in line with the Feast of Trumpets or Rosh Hashanah, which is September 14th, which, of course, it starts at dark on the 13th as the day changes at dark in our Father's eyes, not at 12 midnight. Feast of Trumpets is a good thing to do because we believe that it not only is it, it will signal the start of the Great Tribulation, but that it will also blow the trumpet, the seventh and last trumpet. It's a representation of that when Yeshua will return to the earth at the last trump of Yahweh. Okay, our guest tonight is a is Korean Army veteran, and he served us. And I said that. Yeah, he's a Korean Army veteran. He's traveled the country as an evangelist, and there's so much more to the story, which you can find at his website, which is surewordofprophecy.org. That is also the name of his ministry, Sure Word of Prophecy. So check him out, and his name is, I'd have a drum roll, but I don't have a drum, Steve Henderson. Welcome, Steve. <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> <laughs> a drum roll, eh? Yeah, hey, grace well, and peace I, to you, Pastor Dan. Yeah, Thanks for your invitation. Yeah, amen. I think I'm going to get me one of them little wind-up monkeys, you know, that has a little drum. And a <laughs> you know, I'll use that for certain. Uh, yes, 
You know, maybe I need a duck quack, you know, because the people don't <laughs> seem to be li- Well, I'm frustrated, brother, because people don't seem to be listening to the warning sound of the shofar in the sense. And I'm not talking about all this great list of things that seems to go on for, I don't know, website yeah. after website, page after page that is supposed to be coming, but the clear things that we can see out there that are happening in our country and around the world. And it's just frustrating that Christians aren't waking up. Just And, and I'll get yeah. off my, my soapbox here in a second, but just as they let this, the, this woman is the first of many that spent six days in jail because she refused to have her name on a marriage license. You know, what is next? Are they going to be arresting pastors? Or are they going to be arresting Christian teachers, who is going to be arrested next? And when is the church going to open their mouth? I've said now all I want to say, except that I love you, brother, and I'm turning the program over to you. Be blessed. I'm just here. <laughs> well, good, brother. Love you, and I deeply appreciate your program. Uh, it's just so exciting to know that there's some that are watchmen and are taking a, a good look at what's going on around them and, and blowing the show for I so deeply appreciate you, brother, and your invitation today. And well, brother, here we are, and another week closer to the avalanche of predictions and events culminating into what some say is the apocalypse, others say the secret rapture, others say it's the evaporation of the stock market. Now an asteroid is bringing total devastation this month to Puerto Rico, causing a huge earthquake and a tsunami. The Great Tribulation starts, and the list goes longer and gets longer every week that we, well, <laughs> even since we talked. And uh, what are, just a question: What what are all these? You know, I can laugh because I know not all these things are going to happen in near the way that they were originally predicted. But what are all these folks going to do next week when you know uh, it's relatively calm? Well, that, see, this is why I'm I'm deeply concerned because the, this pattern has happened many times before. And I think that when we enter into this time, brother, we need to enter in with extreme caution and discernment. Now, there's no doubt that we're entering a period of very troublous times. Uh, just uh, yesterday's news, Russia sending group troops into Syria. You know, Iran, Israel, and U.S. are heading toward a major confrontation. There's just no doubt in my mind about it. The migration crisis hitting Europe is unlike anything we've ever seen. Hundreds of thousands are fleeing their homelands to try to find safety from the massive murderous intent of evil regimes. ISIS is sending their jihadists into these massive migration uh, uh, you know, masses, furthering their plans to dominate Europe and the West, and they do plan on doing that and are making uh, – they've already caught uh, some ISIS inside uh, some of the migration. So now we're resolved to bring many of these refugees over here to America. I think we can see where all this is heading. Um, and, you know, last week uh, we spoke of some of the things that, that were listed on the list of everything that would happen. And, and I'd like to review just a couple of points for a moment because I think they're worth, worth, worth uh, noting for those who may not have heard your program last week. We discussed uh, the Pope's visit and his address in the Congress and the U.N. Uh, brother, I don't know about you, but I'm fully convinced that a foundation and strategy is being shared where it's a will body for a very good reason. We're heading somewhere with this. And out of this plan, it appears that a new global governance will be laid out. I've been looking at the Agenda 2030 here. I don't know if you've checked that out much, but uh, pretty eye-opening stuff. And it all sounds good on the surface. And as I understand, the mark of the beast will will be a 
a pretty good thing. It's not going to come across as something evil, but something that's going to save a lot of people. It sounds very plausible, and, and the expedient to request and demand of governance regarding uh, you know the environment and the poor being taken care of and putting a stop to war and the immigration crisis caused by it, and et cetera, et cetera. And the world recognizes that if we don't collectively make significant changes, our Earth is on the path of ruin. And we know of the coming beast system the prophets have warned us of. At some point, some are going to step up to the plate and introduce a plan. And in my estimation, the Pope is a perfect candidate to help pull all of this together and unite the secular with the religious leaders. Uh, the statehood of Palestine is getting uh, much more momentum, sir, brother. And, uh, hey, how about today's news? Netanyahu in United Kingdom says he is ready for peace talks right now. Uh, that is the uh, headline in uh, Times of Israel today. Wow. What, what, what created change so quick? It said that uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu had Thursday told his U.K. counterpart that he's ready for peace talks with the Palestinians without preconditions, and he is ready to start talking immediately. Brother, this is huge. Why the sudden change? And, and will he really be willing to, to divide Jerusalem? Uh, you know, this is... This is pretty heavy-duty stuff that we see, I mean, unfolding, and it seems to be unfolding uh, rather rapidly. I could throw, let me throw something into that. Um, that yes, that's also odd that the Sanhedrin today, um, in at least the news, like I got it today from Breaking News Israel, which, folks, you should check that site out. Yes. Um, that's Breaking News Israel. They were talking about how the Sanhedrin um, – both, uh, oh, they can. They did something more than condemn. They, they, they condemned. Well, they condemned the Pope, and they also condemned Obama. You know, with a, a joint, res, you know, I guess the, it's resolutions, not the right word for it. But they came in condemnation of both of them, and uh, you know that, that that seems odd timing with with a, a Palestinian state and Netanyahu, then saying he's willing to talk without precondition, but. You know, uh, back to you. Well, it's all shaping up, brother. You know it. I know it. I just hope that everyone else grabs a hold of it uh, pretty quick and gets ready uh, and bunkers down. You know, I, as I was reflecting this this last week uh, about uh, this month and uh, the rhetoric that's going on and some of the hype, and you know, uh, it reminded me of a time called Y2K, when there was an enormous oh, amount of predicting and presumptions about how Judgment Hour was going to take place, and it was imminent. You remember some of the sensationalism connected to this overinflated hype about the first day of year 2000, brother? Uh, remember uh, the predictions, oh. the presumptions, and thousands who propagated that the probability was imminent? Um, Let me I'm sure you something. were quite aware of that, huh? I'm, I'm going to have to say something about that. Um, Y2K not. Now, you know, I think it was a good <laughs> fix, but but let me go with this. It was a real blessing to Messiah's branch because let me tell you what, to this day, mind you, brother, and it's, and it's 2015, to this day, I am still getting donations of people that are on my mailing list that know me that are bringing in dehydrated food that's still plenty good, you know, uh, vegetables and all oh. kinds of things that we rehydrate and we add it to the meals and serve the people. So we're still using Y2K food. But in the well, same you light, you know, I have to also feel that I pray for each one of those people that bring it in because 
they bring it in with the attitude of, oh, I don't want it to go to waste if they'll never use it. I do believe that people do need to have uh, food stored up, at least a year's supply, and a a couple of bags of stuff if you have to hit the road. Back to you. Well, uh, yes, uh, the the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and, and people have heard it so long, they no longer believe the sky is falling. And the wolf has cried wolf one too many times, and and you know I don't see anything unreasonable. In fact, uh, Noah being warned of God of the impending judgment made an ark for the preparing of his household. So there's nothing wrong with making preparations as you see these things approaching. And uh, and at the time they are giving away their their foodstuffs, uh, and I, I know that's going to benefit your ministry. But I think that uh, they're making a mistake in, in giving it all away because I think it should be the time that we ought to be taking a good hard look at especially the uh, economic situation that that, uh, that we're looking at at this particular moment. However, I want to just kind of uh, take you back uh, into history a moment and, and give you a, a couple of statements that just mirror, uh, uh, reflect this, this uh, attitude that we have here in September 2015. Uh, this computer genius back in uh, uh, just before 2000 uh, hit said, it speculated this, your electricity goes off, phones aren't working, the computer at your local bank crashes, police and 911 are nowhere to be found, social security checks will come, stop coming, planes will be grounded, credit, charge, credit card charges will be rejected, military defense systems will fail, the Federal Reserve will, will be unable to clear checks, and your employer will go out of business. Then you have the bankers jump on board, and William McDonald, president of the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, warned, the failure to get Y2K right will affect the integrity of the payment system, financial markets, and the domestic and the global economies. Arthur Gross, chief information officer of the IRS, said, failure to achieve compliance with the year 2000 will jeopardize our way of life on this planet and for some time to come. Then we have all the newspapers and media that John leaped on this, and and, and uh, the London Sunday Times made an article, uh, and I'd like to quote just a little bit of it. It said this uh, here, concerning 2000. This is not a prediction. It is a certainty. There will be a serious disruption in the world's financial services, a millennium-induced crash of the world's stock markets, around the middle of 1999. But this is not a normal market. In light of the historic Y2K or year 2000 computer crisis, the complacency, blindness, and greed of the stock orgy has been nothing short of astonishing. The vessel is now out of control, and the SS Daltanic is recklessly into overdrive. But the Daltanic, speaking of the Dow, um, Dow Jones market, is racing headlong into an obstruction it cannot avoid. Y2K is now less than six months away. The general public has dismissed warnings that this epical event may be considerably more than the trivial weekend glitch of bubble blowers, which would have them believe this. Yet Wall Street and Bay Street continue to pump air into the stock balloon, singing the calming refrain, Y2K, okay. Brother, and I know, as you're aware here, many of the so-called prophets... And TV preachers jumped on this bandwagon and used this enormous hype to gain a lot of money through books, television speaking engagements, video specials, and was quoting some Bible to back it up. Uh, in fact, uh, 
I remember one, uh, several, talking about how the world was 6,000 years old and and uh, each day is, is a year. And so we're at the 6,000th year, and now the, the year 2000 will switch into the 7th day or the millennium, and uh, which would represent the 1,000 years of rest and peace. And there were more than just a few who grabbed a hold of this and were teaching this to their trusting flocks. Uh, you know, and, and uh, for me... I believe that uh, you know they, 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 there are scriptures there, and, and, and there are some that that uh, you know you, you have to reflect on. But to take them out of their context and to put them into a certain time period, uh, you got to be very careful with that. In an article reflecting on the Y2K uh, post Y2K, a, a writer points out some things that I think we need to take a look at. Uh, when, for those who want to jump on the bandwagon without checking out things very seriously. Uh, this article said, Millennial cults, extremist group, and racial ideologies this year are bringing their assorted baggage to the YK2K happening. Uh, the heightened expectations of the year 2000 mixed together with a widely reported possibility of computer meltdown have generated a barrage of predictions and historical propaganda from those of the farthest fringes of society. While not all these groups are for explicit action, many of their followers are hoping expecting or preparing for the worst. And we can only hope that these people will not act rashly or violently on their fears and their expectations. And we know that religious figures posed as experts on a subject and predicted the class of society, the loss of electricity, public utilities, food shortages, and equally dire scenarios are struggling to save face, he says. Not all Y2K hysteria can be blamed on the religious right, of course, Plenty of the secular-minded doomsday prophets also made fantastic predictions about the collapse of the economy and the social order. Not everyone who brought 60 pounds of freeze-dried beans and stockpile water in the basement was a far-right Christian survivalist. Brother, I have learned a long time ago, and, uh, and I believe this more than ever, that when you hear of a teaching which comes from a biblical concept or, or, or text, and you hear of an unusual phenomenon attached to the predictions based upon their understanding of their biblical exegesis. You need to take a serious look at the specifics, the small details, and make sure that it lines up with Yahweh's Word. Yeah, What's absolutely. your thoughts on that, brother? A a absolutely. Um, you know what? Um, just a brief second on Y2K, because we're going to have to go to a break, but... Um, going back to Y2K, there I know lots of ministries that just completely folded up. They were good ministries, and they believed it wholeheartedly. It wasn't that they were trying to dupe the people. It's just that that Y2K was sold uh, to the public, to the general public, in a you know a very big way. But uh, yes. we'll talk about it just a little bit more when we come back from break. Give your website real quick. We got to get out of here for three minutes. Okay. SherwoodProphecy.org. Uh, you like prophecy going over there, you'll like it. Okay, folks, we'll be back in three minutes with more about what's maybe coming next week. Dan will be right back.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188 That's 800-375-4188 Protect yourself and your family. going up, homes being foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. 
We are back. This is Pastor Dan Catlin. You're listening to Mission Watch Live on the American Voice Radio Network. And we are watching things to see what is happening out there to warn you. Remember tonight, uh, pray about a donation for our work with the homeless and poor from our mission church in Wichita, Kansas. Well, of course, the homeless are poor, but we're talking about the poor people that come from all over Wichita looking um, for things that nobody else can give them. And we're talking about hardworking people that are keep trying to keep roofs over their head and have children and come looking for food, clothing, medical supplies, Bibles, prayers. You name it, they come looking for it. We don't get any help from it. You'd think that as much as that we do over there and as many people over there that says we're doing such a great job, that the organized churches over there would jump in and say, well, let's give Pastor Dan and Messiah's branch a little helping hand. doesn't happen that way. Over the years, we've had a, a, a few, mind you, I can count them on one hand, less than half of one hand, a few Messianic churches over the years that um, have came in and, and did things for us. We had one Christian church that take a, for about five years or took up donations for us uh, on a, what was it, on a, their December time, you know, and, uh, but they took 25% of it uh, before they gave us the check. Um, but I'm not complaining or, or moan, bemoaning and groaning. But, you know, the point is, is we only get help from the people uh, that listen to us on radio or the people that read our newsletter. Uh, and those are the people that have supported us. We're now we're in our 16th year of doing this. And think about all the thousands upon thousands of people that we've helped. You know, while not everybody can minister to the, the poorest of the poor, you know, when we read our Bibles, we see Yeshua walked among the sinners. We see Yeshua went out there, and he fed people when he preached to them. Um, he, so where was he at? He was among the sinners. He was among the poor. He was among the unchurched. And that's where we're at. We're trying to be at, we're not trying to be, the well, let's go like this. The Bible said that we should be Messiah-like. That means Messianic, or the English translation, which is Christian. That means being Messiah-like. So we try to do as he does. And because why? We're just trying to serve the Father. We serve the Father and his Son by serving the people. That's how we do it, by extending it one to another and hope that the people will look at us and notice that we are different. And so when it comes time for that miracle prayer um, and the need of salvation, that they will come to us and they will ask. And so we can say that prayer with them, and we can get them that miracle, and their life will change. And so that's what it's all about, getting people ready for the time of trouble. You know, um, that's the other thing this ministry is about. You know, I've been doing a mail-out newsletter for 20-some years, you know, and a lot of it's newspaper articles and things that are happening around the world. And I've been mailing that out for 20 years. Now, this last year, it got hard, and we couldn't afford that. Um, and so we just now got our first issue out uh, since uh, this last May after being current every month for uh, 20 years. Um, so we're hoping that brings in some donations, and it did bring in some good ones, but we need to get another newsletter out. So pray about supporting the newsletters. Pray about supporting the people. Support us in what we do. Uh, there's many different things that you, that you can back. If you don't feel like that you have the need to support the poor, well, Support the radio programs. Like I said earlier in the program, you know what? These radio programs don't, uh, they're not free. It costs to be on the Internet. It costs to pay for satellite 
uh, airtime. It costs for all these things. And we're, we're a ministry that doesn't sell anything, and we minister to the poorest of the poor. We need your help. So pray about it. We are the last hope for so many. And, folks, we are responsible to care one for another as we are our brother's keepers. Now, all donations, no matter what size, helps. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. You can donate online or by manning a check or money order, and you can find all that information at prophecyhour.com. Prophecyhour.com. Wow. Anyway, let's now welcome back uh, Steve Henderson and see uh, where we're going to go with the second half of this program. Are you there with me, Steve? Steve, yep, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I was trying well, to pull you. I, thought I, was, I was trying to make you think I was raptured or something. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. raptured. That's what it was. I got a word of humor. My apologies. Uh, That's okay. I I wouldn't have thought raptured, but you know what? Uh, During our break, we the the radio studio rebooted the whole system, and uh, you know he probably didn't he call you, but have to call you back. Nope, I've been on the phone. Okay, well, there's two separate together for us. The the system that I was on was rebooted, and I had to wait for him to call me back. And so I wouldn't have thought rapture. I'm just well taught. I wouldn't have thought rapture. (laughs) I would have thought, well, okay. Frank, you forgot to call him back. But rapture, that's what's supposed to it, You know, this that's, damn- what, that's what they're connecting a lot of this time, that's, uh, brother. And as we okay. spoke last week, I think that, uh, you know, well, and unfortunately I would say probably about 70%, uh, and I think I'm being pretty lib- uh, conservative, uh, about 70% of the, the major prophecy preachers out there, that is their – deep-seated belief system that uh, it doesn't matter what's coming because we're going to be out of here uh, before it happens. And uh, I'm very deeply concerned with that. And you see all over the Internet. uh, At uh, exactly how things are coming down and know the Bible very, very well. and so we're at the Feast of Trumpets, uh, and the trumpets are significant. Uh, first of all, I want to point out uh, right up front a couple of my deep-seated beliefs as we go into uh, the, this, the rest of the discussion. Uh, for those of us who have studied prophetic teachings of Scripture, we recognize that the appointed times set by Yahweh are very relevant. And it's very imperative that we recognize the validity and significance of the Jewish feast. And... Uh, and I've, I've studied these for a long time. And it, if it's commanded by the Almighty, we must see them as important. And a lot of, uh, a lot of people believe they were done away in their old relics. But, uh, you know, in the mind of Yahweh, uh, they're very important. And uh, several thousand years ago, on a very specific time, in the first month and 14th day, even at midnight, the destroying angel passed over Egypt. And uh, prophetically, the Lamb's blood was put over the doorpost. And it brought deliverance to his chosen ones. Uh, on the first month, 14th day, approximately 1,500 years later, Yeshua, the spotless lamb of Yahweh, hung on a cross and shed his own blood. So those who believe in him will be delivered from this body of death and not perish but have everlasting life. So evidently, that time was exact and concise. And uh, there are uh, many, many times in scripture uh, and it, 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 it and, and scripture they tell that 
the appointed times are connected to a kingdom coming. A couple uh, of examples of that would be after Yeshua was raised from the dead and after he was seen by uh, men for 40 days, he, re- he proclaimed that he was leaving, but he'd be back to reward uh, his believers someday. And disciples asked him at that time, uh, this is like this found in Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 6 and 7, Master, is it at this time you will restore the kingdom of Israel? And Yeshua said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has set within his own authority. So when they were asking about the restoration of the kingdom, he connected it to times and seasons. Again, Paul alludes to the coming to Yeshua uh, in the Day of the Lord uh, context and connects it with times and seasons. Uh, in First Thessalonians 5, verse 1 and 2, uh, he says, But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I had to rewrite this to you, for you know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Of course, anyone who has studied the book of Daniel, on several occasions, it speaks of the appointed time and it connects it to the end. And, uh, for example, Daniel 11, verse 35 says, Some of them that are wise shall fall and refine them and purify them to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for the time appointed. And with, so with all that said, uh, Brother Dan, uh, I believe it's vitally important to comprehend these appointed times in order to understand the prophetic types in the Feast of Yahweh. And, and that's what a lot of them have done here for September. They've, they've computed uh, and recognized that the Jewish holidays are here, and, and there is significance well, for the Feast of Trumpets, the Rosh Hashanah, or the New Year's Day, and that will be the, this year the biblical year of 5776. Uh, and it begins at sunset on the 13th and 14th, September 2015, and the blowing of the trumpet typically was associated with the calling of a solemn assembly, a warning of danger, an action to be taken, or uh, announcement not to be ignored. And I find it uh, fascinating, brother, that the scriptures declare that before the return of our Savior Yeshua, there will be trumpet blasts that will announce to the world that indeed the hour of judgment is imminent. And uh, today, uh, as we speak, in many Jewish and Messianic circles, the Feast of Trumpets is celebrated with several blasts of the shofar, uh, the ram's horn, and it's a very solemn time because it precedes the holiest day of all, which is the antitypical Day of Atonement. And in order for uh, you and I to have a good handle on the prophetic word in the book of Revelation, a good understanding of the appointed feasts are necessary. Your thoughts, brother? Are you there? Am I still on? Well, if I'm on, uh, is anyone home? Okay, if you can hear me. Or should I hang up? Anyone there? Hello?
About time. Hello? When did I go off? Don't get mad at me. So we'll be cut. Okay, I'll tell you what happened. First off, um, the line dropped. The line. Okay, are you are you are you there with me? We we both get raptured out. Is that what the story is? <laughs> Apparently so, brother. But uh, evidently we still have something to do. He brought us back home, so. <laughs> well, you know, we got time for the end of the program. Well, we'll renew it, but uh, we've got like a minute before uh, program, folks. The first half of this program will definitely be put up. We'll continue on with this on another day. Uh, any final words and. I, I got to get you to give your website, and we got to get out of here. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to uh, quote something that uh, Brother Jonathan Kahn uh, quoted when he wrote his book, The Shemitah, and he says, I have to issue two cautions. God doesn't have to do anything according to our understanding or our timetables, nor does he have to attack as he has in the past. Nothing has to happen in a particular year of the Shemitah, but the second caution is this. He can and it could. Whether it happens during the time of the Shemitah or beyond, I believe a great shaking is coming to America and the world, one that will affect the financial realm, the economic realm, the political realm, and the nation itself. We are in the midst of a civilization that is rapidly descending into apostasy and judgment. For this reason, I have written what I have written, that we be ready, that we be right with God, and that the lost be saved. And I say wholeheartedly, amen to that, brother. Okay, folks, you can find Steve Henderson at surewordofprophecy.org. Steve, i got to say goodbye. i got less than 30 seconds. Folks. Okay, bless you, brother. Uh, folks, uh, come back on and listen in an hour from now. I hope we'll be here for the whole program. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. It's like praying for Messiah's return. Lord our God, Father Yahweh, King Universe, ask in Yeshua HaMashiach's name that the Father blesses and keeps you, and his face shines upon you, and is gracious to you, and gives you peace. Until an hour from now, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch. Food prices going up, homes being foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people. Your neighbors, the mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. 
These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Job stress, financial obligations, or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 
888-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3Ws.thepowerherbs.com. I'm your resident herbalist, Wendy Wilson. Hope you had a great day. Uh, we're here to empower you. That's what we like to do here on Herb Talk Live. we got a great show. We're going to be talking about um, some skill sets. You know, going to improve your skill sets if you uh, want to. Also, we're going to be talking about um, the virus hunt yep, and what that may mean for the flu season. Uh, also, we may be able to touch on how we can restore and rebuild our whole body. So, We'll see how the hour rolls, but we got a lot of great stuff to talk about and a quack report. But before we get to all that great stuff, big salute and semper fi to our righteous men and women in uniform, lifting them up in prayer. I lift all of America up in prayer. I'm praying for righteous leadership. You've heard me say this over and over again. And I'm hitting the knees and seeking the Lord's face, asking for help, pleading for truth and justice in this land and all over the world, because uh, we're supposed to, according to Isaiah. So uh, if you read your Bible, you know that. And um, you'll never, ever regret spending any time in prayer with the Lord. Never, ever. And there'll come a day when that's the only thing we're going to be concerned about. Did we do our due diligence? And did we do enough? And did we please the Creator? Um, You know, the cars, the houses, the bank account, that isn't even going to, you know, flash through your brain. There's going to come a time when that's not going to matter. The only thing that's going to matter is if you know the Lord and He knows you. So... Mind the time, it grows short. And without further ado, let's do the quack report. Thanks, Frank. What have we got in the quack report? Oh, here's some interesting beauty tips. Um, uh, apparently, radiant skin, there's more to radiant skin than we think these days. Um, apparently, beauty products are going ugly in order to improve the look of your skin. They're using fish scales, sheep fat, bird poop, uh, among other things. Um, It's apparently a new favorite among beauty spas. Getting some ugly ingredients in your beauty treatment is the way to go, including snail slime. Apparently the secretion of slime from scales is very ultra-hydrating to the skin. Manhattan spa owner Miss Bernstein says that she created a facial uh, with nightingale uh, bird droppings, and people swear by it. Uh, Amanda Hoffman said that the bird poop in the um, in the uh, spa treatment uh, was allegedly first used hundreds of years ago by the geisha girls in China. 
So uh, it has made a world of difference, they said, to their client's skin. So the droppings apparently are ultra-sterilized, UV-sterilized, and it's turned into a powder, and it's an ingredient they mix in with rice bran and apply. They say the results are immediate. Okay. Also, people are swearing by other ingredients like shark's liver, rooster comb, and bee venom and fish scales. They're putting fish scales in eyeshadow because of their glistening, glimmering element in there. Uh, And then here's something. Uh, breast milk facial. People are big fans of that. Uh, also, any kind of face cream that has infant foreskin in it, apparently, is a big seller. Any kind of unusual ingredient has a price. Uh, big one. Nightingale facial is $180. Yeah. Bird poop on the face. That's what you pay for. Mm. All right, moving along in the quack report. Um, well... Brazil top chefs are um, turning to the Amazon for secrets to making some new dishes. And interestingly enough, they're looking at insects to add to their menu. That's right. Uh, chef, uh, of the chefs of the Sao Paulo restaurant, uh, it's a new revolution, adding creepy crawlers to your dishes, apparently. Uh, Alex Altila He's the chef and owner of the Sao Paulo, which is the ninth, ninth uh, best restaurant in the, in the world, apparently. Uh, he's breaking new grounds, um, unwritten rules, high-end restaurant. They're serving raw Amazon leaf cutter ants on pineapple cubes as a dessert. $200. You know? <laughs> right? And the FDA worries about, you know, herbs you know, formulating. And here we have a restaurant serving ants. All right. Uh, According to Chef Alata, he says he's very passionate. He researches his foods. He went to Brazil Amazon forest, and he discovered edible ants. He traveled to um, some remote regions of the Amazon there where natives have been consuming insects since the beginning of time, he says. And an old woman came up to him and offered him a bowl of ants. He found they taste amazingly great. They, he says they tasted like ginger. I'll take your word for it, Chef. Anyway, um, most of the United States people would say, that's disgusting, eating insects. But um, consuming um, that kind of fare, very common in China. They, they serve scorpions as a snack. Mexico, they roast crickets and they fill their tacos with it and then pour on the guacamole. Yuck. No, thank you. Last but not least in the quack report, and by the way, I apologize if you're eating. Um, We're going to talk about something really good, though, for spicy foods, according to some research. Um, International team of researchers led by the Chinese Academy of Medical Science, they said if you eat spicy foods, you increase your longevity by 14%. They say that eating these types of spicy foods uh, prevents people from dying prematurely. So if you consume, like, fresh chili peppers compared to other spicy foods, because they're more effective, they lower your risk of uh, cancer, um, ischemic heart diseases and diabetes and things like that. So Harvard School of Public Health says the chili pepper, very rich bioactive ingredients, uh, capsicum, vitamin C, vitamin A, K, B6, and potassium. So power up with some hot cayenne. That's what I always say. I love my cayenne got lots of it at apothecary herbs and in several of the formulas, including the heart formula. 
probably why it's good for you. And that wraps the quack report. Thank you, Frank. Okay, um, we're going to talk about some skill sets here. You know, according to economic experts, the average American skill set is lower than those of Japan, Germany, and the UK. So globally, the average adult skill set ranks at 12.5%. So that's, you know, global skill set, but the American skill set ranks at 8.5%. So Americans have, you know, difficulty in reading problem solving and math, yet they have college education. So according to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, America ranks ninth out of 13 countries with regard to literacy. So it can be a real disappointment when you interview a college graduate from, let's say, an engineering college, and they basically are illiterate with an eighth grade level of communication. So I knew a seasoned mechanical engineer, folks, who worked for a major utility company, and he found himself on the elevator one day with the president of the company. The president knew every employee's name. So he said to the engineer, Hi, Tom, you look very affluent today. And, of course, the unsophisticated engineer, feeling a little insecure, responded, Thank you, sir. I'll take that as a compliment. Well, I'm, I'm certain the president of the company understood that Tom didn't know what affluent meant. So let's take a look at the average skill set, experience, and instinct of Americans and see how we can improve on them, and in addition to improving our health. So let's look at the skills. By the time young people become adults, they should have some basic understanding of math and language and problem solving. So the simple task of addressing an envelope has sadly eluded the majority of those graduating from high school. So college graduates who are not doctors, have handwriting worse than a doctor because penmanship has been deleted from the elementary and middle schools and replaced with keyboarding. So according to a senior policy analyst, Mary Alice McCarthy of the New America Foundation, she says several generations of Americans now are not performing well because they transition from students to adulthood without the necessary skills. She also explained that the jobs of the future will require a higher, more sophisticated skill set, and young Americans are not moving in that direction compared to other people. So the other thing that is noted that is that there is a great gap in America with either low or very high performance with little or to no middle ground. You know, it's either one or the other. So some experts explain that the overall skill does not entirely hang on reading, writing, and arithmetic. However, what all successful people have in common is that they have a really good communication skill set. They can read, they can write, and they have this, a certain level of sophistication with it. They have command of the English language. So playing video games and watching TV will not promote reading where a majority of these skills for life are introduced. And according to research um, the countries that perform worse than the United States in skills are Italy and Spain. All right, and um, let's look at the aging trade, too, because another disturbing trend is that among the skilled tradesmen of the United States, 44% are over the age of 45, 
which means there are too few younger tradesmen coming into the marketplace to replace them. So where are more, there are more jobs basically available in skill trades, such as welding, than there are uh, up-and-coming new welders coming out of school. So the reason is, you know, the youth of America, they really don't want hard labor, dirty, sweaty jobs. They kind of want to sit behind a desk and use a computer all day. So the educational system of America has been, you know, focusing for decades on academic instructions, you know, college prep, and not on workforce education for those who don't want to go to college. So high schoolers today, high schools today, they, they offer no shop class and no home ec, you know, where you could go learn to cook and sew. Uh, young people today who who did not have, you know, proactive uh, parents to teach them at home, they don't know how to cook a meal for themselves, and they don't know how to do simple home repairs or change a tire on their car. So the current state-run educational system understands that the average high school graduate will earn wages considered to be poverty, and a two-year degree from a higher education is going to be required to be able to learn a skill necessary to earn enough to support themselves. Well, let's look at experience. Now, um, the MIT Press reports that 80% of Americans are experiencing economic insecurity. There seems to be what experts are calling a yo-yo effect, where Americans can experience, you know, unprecedented economic hardship and become briefly poor Later, they reemerge from poverty to taste affluence again, but that too is brief. So then according to the national family, the average American family no longer exists as we know it. Uh, the culture of the United States has changed, and the typical mother and father often portrayed in older movies is not part of the family structure anymore. So what used to be a minority is now a majority with regards to what is described as the family diversity so the family unit uh, the baby boomers had is quite different compared to how American families function today. So as the lines of sound judgment and morals become increasingly blurred, it is going to be reasonable to expect a very different society in America. So it is as if, you know, there's this definition of family. It's been given a sub-definition to apply to how society is feeling at the moment. So, you know, I think of it as if you took the word Caucasian, and then you assign sub-definitions to it, like, you know, off-white, bright white, eggshell white. Seriously, guys, you know, that's, I know, insane. But, you know, you get the idea. Let me read you this quote by Philip Cohen. He's University of Maryland. He's a sociology professor. He says this, The younger generation is already getting used to the notion that it's not easy to categorize families. Society has to work harder to craft kid-friendly outcomes, which include security and stability, end of quote. Well, let's look at instinct, okay? Human nature is to survive, and we learn to develop certain instincts. You know, in 1915, a psychologist, Walter Cannon, coined that phrase, fight or flight response, which is instinctive. So we hear about people who risk their own lives to save others in disasters, and we label them a hero. What they did is exercise their instinct called hysterical strength, which released a lot of adrenaline to speed up their reflexes and increase their physical strength. Now, according to a study published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, 
we are also instinctive to notice trouble. So how many times have you said something doesn't seem right? Your subconscious picked up on that much faster and earlier than your conscious mind did. So we get in trouble when we rationalize that away. You know, we, we don't listen to the warning signs, our little voice in our head, our instincts. We get in trouble when we don't listen to those instincts. So we need, all need to sharpen up our skills, listening to our instincts, right? Right? And uh, so each of us really has this huge potential to sharpen our skills, our experiences, our instincts. And uh, one area that I noticed really needed some sharpening is self-health. So uh, we neglect our bodies far too often, and we expect medical science to get us out of it. So if we focus on being proactive in the things that affect our health, we can sharpen our skills, get experience, and, and heighten our instincts on what is going on with our own body. So, what, for instance, wouldn't you like to know if you have a virus versus maybe a bacterial, bacterial infection? It's possible to know the difference, by the way. And uh, so the difference really dictates how modern medicine would treat the problem. However, in natural medicine, the approach is the same. You want to empower the immune system because it's designed to deal with both kinds of infection. Now, wouldn't you like to know which medicinal herb would help your immune system to shorten your duration of illness? Well, you have that ability with a little practice. You're going to know if you have a virus or not and which herbs to use to neutralize it because you were, you were born for a time such as this to be smart and insightful and proactive with your own health in order to avoid deceptive medical practices and to avoid using toxic drugs, which give the illusion of health. You know, uh, if you're on a medication for life, how is that healthy? It's a crutch. It's not a cure. So educating the consumer really is what Apothecary Herbs does with each product that they send out. So you're going to pay attention and you're going to know what's wrong with your body and which herb you're going to need to address it. So, it, you know, if you want to get started, you can check out the Power Herbs ebook. It's in a PDF, Kindle, and iPad format. So it's downloadable, and it's just $14.99, and it's at thepowerherbs.com. So you'll have herb symptom reference guides in there. You'll have um, how to do cleansing, how to make your own tinctures, what herbs to avoid if you're pregnant or nursing, whole slew of stuff, you know, for everyday things. It's right in there, the Power Herbs book. It's a great book to have. It's several hundred pages long. So if, um, if you want a free herbal catalog now, if you want to order some of your uh, immune-boosting tools that you need or maybe some organ cleansing formulas, you'll give the folks at Apothecary Herbs a call, and they can send you a free catalog. Their number is 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. Now, if you're outside the U.S., dial 704-885-0277, 704-885-0277, or you can um, visit them online, thepowerherbs.com, thepowerherbs.com. You can get there typing in herbtalklive.com as well, and that's where your healthcare options just became endless. So you've got tools, you've got instructions, and you've got instincts. And, and you're going to sharpen your skill set. And as you move through this um, uh, fall and winter season, you're going to be coming keen and knowledgeable about what it is the body's needing, what the immune system support herbs are all about, 
um, how to cleanse away toxins, take the burden off the system so that you don't give disease a foothold. I mean, these are all very basic things, but people just haven't been taught them. It's sort of like, you know, that stuff's not in high school. It's not on, you know, your college, you know, uh, list of classes to select from. This is stuff you've got to search for for yourselves. But if you pair up with the folks at Apothecary Herbs, they're going to educate you as well as uh, provide you with tools, quality tools to get the job done. So take advantage of that. And if you go to the website, uh, sign up for their free online newsletters that go out. You have to have email to get them. Uh, but these go out each week, and they're packed full of you know, natural therapies and other insightful and helpful information that um, – going to you know make your life a whole lot easier and it's free that's right it's free all right we got a few minutes before we go to bottom of the hour break so we're going to start our next topic which is the virus hunt i don't know if you noticed but scientists are hunting they're hunting 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 and they're hunting for viruses uh it's a global hunt for viruses basically they seem to go to great lengths scientists do to uncover unknown ancient viruses which are, you know, still preserved and alive and active. So, you know, last year, research scientists discovered a virus that they estimated was about 700 years old, and they found it in the frozen Arctic. That's right. In October 2014, this new virus was discovered, and it was in, they found it in frozen caribou poop. And scientists have studied the geomes of um, the virus. And their research on the evolution of this ancient virus, they published in the National Academy of Sciences. So if there is enough of the ancient genetic material there, scientists attempt to isolate it and preserve it as a viral sample. So the virus in this caribou droppings, if you will, turned out to be what is known as an insect-infecting virus, that they called the Northwest Territories Cryptovirus, or ANCV for short. They tested the virus. They infected some tobacco plants with it, and the plant did become infected, and the virus replicated, spreading throughout the plant. So scientists assure us that, you know, plant viruses are not dangerous. However, what will more of these rediscovered viruses do to our fragile ecosystem, or to us in the end? I have to ask the question. And, you know, what's with the virus living in the Arctic? You know, apparently, as more viruses are uncovered in some of the most, well, the coldest regions of this planet, one thing is revealed that these viruses can survive in some of the coldest temperatures. So scientists in Siberia, they found an unknown virus in the frozen Arctic tundra. And this would have been the fourth virus that they found frozen in the tundra in about 12 years. So this latest virus is much older. The uh, French scientists estimated it's about 30,000 years old. I don't believe that number, but that's what they say. And they call it the Malavirus uh, Cybercurium. And the research reported on this virus was in the September 15th issue of Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, if you want to look it up. So what makes the Mola virus different is that it is considered what is known as a giant virus with more than 500 genes. In comparison, to give you an idea, your standard influenza virus has eight genes and your HIV virus has nine. So scientists are stating that this giant virus is not rare. 
and it infects amoebas, single-cell uh, life forms. So what scientists are learning is that some viruses can survive long periods of time in sub-zero temperatures. They continue to scour the permafrost, these scientists, for more new viruses because they think they are even, there's some even more deadly pathogens waiting to be discovered and unlocked. So according to virologist Jonathan Ball of the University of Nottingham, how long a virus can remain virulent in permafrost is a guess and will depend on the virus. Some can be quite robust, he says. He explains that his staff freezes viruses in the lab for preservation, and if they are a type that have a lipid envelope like your influenza or HIV virus, he says they are more fragile. If the virus has an external protein shell like the foot and mouth disease or your common cold viruses, he says they have a better chance of surviving when they're thawed out. So in a natural environment where you get viruses freeze and they thaw and they freeze and they thaw perhaps many times, then this creates, he says, some sort of damaging effect. However, if the virus survives, he says, it has to find a host fairly quickly. Hopefully it's not you and me. Well, I see by the clock we're going to take a break and we come back. We're going to talk about the evolution of these viruses, the dangers and benefits, what they're digging up, and uh, what we can do about it for protection. Crazy. We'll be right back. life into the original medicine. Herbalist Wendy Wilson will be right back. Apothecary Herbs announces a brand new formula to help balance blood pressure from head to foot, strengthen your heart muscle, and reduce cholesterol. Now you have a professional strength alternative that works all without fear or worry of serious side effects. Empower yourself. Become independent from the expensive drugs. Call Apothecary Herbs and ask for heart, blood pressure, and cholesterol formula toll-free, 866-229-3663 or online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Heart, blood pressure, and cholesterol formula is just $24.95 and comes with a money-back guarantee. So get a pencil and write this down. Apothecary Herbs, toll-free, 866-229-3663. 3663 or on the web at the 3 com. Leaping tall buildings with a single bound? Faster than a locomotive? Whoa! Find the Superman in you! Listen to Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu 
and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. If you have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom basically. 
They want to resurrect him. Now, in November 2006, an, uh, an article appeared in the Scientific American titled How to Resurrect an Extinct Retrovirus. So, you know, there's, they talk about evolution all the time. You know, if any one person should understand about evolution, it's a scientist, right? I personally don't believe in the theory of evolution, but they do. And they say viruses and bacteria and animal species can become naturally extinct over a course of history. So if the process is natural, why would scientists want to rescue viruses that have been unknown or out of circulation for thousands of years? Well, there are several reasons that scientific, the scientific community gives, such as, you know, they want to add to their knowledge base. They, they want the excitement of discovery and notoriety and to, you know, exercise power to preserve it, whether it be good or bad, for mankind. Well, let's look at some of the dangers versus the benefits. Now, scientific germ research has become more sophisticated as they unlock the gene code of viruses and bacteria. So it must be a kind of a powerful high trip for these people to realize that microbiologists can manipulate or force the mutation of pathogens into their own design. So a virus or a bacterium that is not originally airborne but with a tweak from science can become a super spore and rip through our bodies with ungodly speed is kind of scary. So according to microbiologist David Relman, he's a Stanford University professor, he says, well, he warns his colleagues in his field, that experiments just for the sake of experimentation can offer high risk, which is not worth any of the potential benefits. He says it is known as gain of function in his field of, in the scientific community. So he, he says that there are scientists experimenting with some bad bugs that when you add other genes to them, the result could be giving that pathogen some new deadly abilities. So new abilities that are deadly, not a good thing. So he says this is an ethical stance that is splitting the scientific community. Now, the National Academy of Sciences has held numerous meetings to try to deal with this, and it is an a, a official controversial Pandora's box, if you will. For example, ferrets are often used in research because when compared to humans, they have a similar immune system. So what did the scientific community do with regards to studying the H1N1 bird flu? Well, they experimented with it using ferrets as a stand-in for the people, and they wanted to see how easy it would be to make this virus only known to infect birds to jump the gap and infect humans. So what they created is a super flu with the capability of becoming a pandemic in people. So now the H1N1 substrains A and B are in your seasonal flu vaccine. It would appear that for the sake of experimentation, they created a health risk for two humans. And now they say you have to protect yourself. You've got to inject yourself with the bird influenza vaccine each year. Apparently, the National Academy of Science and the government were so concerned. They were, so con they were concerned enough to stop all experiments at the University of North Carolina last year because they were working with some, quote, worrisome respiratory viruses, highly pathogenic in humans. Mm. So the Academy hopes to pull together, together some guidelines, some recommendations on how 
pathogens should be evaluated for risk compared to benefit before any work is done on them in the lab. And they have uh, developed an advisory committee. It's called the National Science Advisory Board for Biosecurity. And they should be able to help make those determinations and to answer public questions. Cross your fingers. Well, let's talk about you and me and improving our endurance because enduring until the end is everyone's goal. And so making sure your immune system is strong and you're supporting it using medicinal plants that are high in minerals like zinc and boron to help you fight against viruses and bacteria is going to be important. So the human immune system is so sophisticated that science admits it does not fully understand it. So you have the power to strengthen your immune system with plant nutrition designed to feed it. How do I know this? Well, God said herbs are here for the service of man in Psalms 104. He also said herbs are meat in Genesis 1. So they're nutritional power to the body. So who better to know what our body needs than the creator himself? So you have the power to heighten your resistance to pathogens Vaccines and drugs and over-the-counter medicines often suppress, weaken, and cripple your immune system. So that is the opposite of what we're instructed to do, according to God. So I often pray Psalms 91 for God's hand of supernatural protection from pestilence and violence. And I also am um, vigilant in using God's immune system support herbs. So I'm vigilant in that. You, You... If you'd like to know how you can support your immune system, uh, not only during the flu season, but all throughout the year, you have some powerful herbs that can help assist that. Um, And Apothecary Herbs will show you how to do that. And you can give them a call, ask for their free product catalog. It's 866-229-3663. You know, this is an educational process. It's a learning curve, but, you know, it's just going to be like brushing your teeth when you're done. It's going to be so natural for you and so easy to pick up. 866-229-3663, and international number 704-885-0277. You can go online and check them out at thepowerherbs.com, thepowerherbs.com. That's where your healthcare options just became endless. You know, it's it's not going to be like rocket science, learning how to tap into herbal power. It's not going to be like that. Uh, It's going to be like a second nature because, you know, I don't think health should be complicated. You know, and it isn't. Uh, if we if we do some basic things, we do some basic things, cleanse and nourish. Very basic, but it works. All right, we're going to talk about how we can rebuild, restore some of our body. Uh, a lot of people go on the internet and they look f- uh, for ways to physically regenerate um, their system. Some people tap into medical journal entries. Uh, they want to see medicine's version of regenerating the human body. But scientists operate on the assumption that if something can't be observed and measured, it doesn't fit into their methodology, then it does not exist. So allopathic medicine's approach to regenerating the body uh, entails physicians creating living functional tissue either through drugs or surgical repair or replacement. So their version is to, you know, plug in a new body part. Um, uh, Assessment of an organ failure uh, they say is really due to age, disease, or congenital de- defects or damage. Um, that's modern medicine's assessment. 
Uh, they say natural medicines approach isn't going to help you at regenerating the human body, but I say differently every time because I've seen it. All right, let's talk about regenerate or uh, assimilate because medicine's path regarding cell regeneration involves biomaterials, stem cells, tissue engineering, gene therapy, and other forms of evasive integration of your organs. So research in this area focuses on re-engineering the human and outfitting the human with nanotechnology, synthetic organs or implants, and lots of pharmacology. So the nanotechnology sector is especially disturbing where structures can be self-reassembled and re, uh, uh, to resemble an organ. However, if, you look, if you're looking uh, at an organ uh, that's functioning like the one you have, uh, you know, you know I, don't think, I don't think medicine can replicate what God designed. I really don't think they can get it right. So medical research in this area is happening now in the United States, the U.K., and the European Union. So re-engineering what we're born with is the focus of modern medicine because if it were medicine, um, they don't want to seek out so much the causes of disease to save your original organs when they can build a new one for you and put it in. So addressing the cause of disease would, well, it would deliver cures, wouldn't it, uh, which are far less profitable for physicians and hospitals and you know, companies that make medical devices, uh, replacement parts, if you will. So another reason medicine does really doesn't seek uh, the cause of disease is because they know it is more often than not that medical treatments are the culprit, typically for your problem. It could be stem from a vaccine, from a drug, fluoride, you name it. So here are we are in modern times where modern medicine could be the culprit of causing many of the diseases you now face, and attempt to sell you you know other treatments. Um, to counter it. So it's like they give you the problem and they sell you the cure. Well, let's look at some of um, the newest holy grails out there. The new lifespan lengthener medicine that they have out there to, you know, make you live longer. They're promoting and enhancing um, uh, the DNA strands called telomeres. So they're, they're, they're looking at therapies and, and products that, that will lengthen your telomeres. So modern medicine states that they're, they've observed that those who live 100 years or more have very long telomeres and seem to avoid many of the diseases that plague modern society. Well, according to Nature.com, people born 100 years ago were born at a time with few, if any, mandatory vaccinations, which could be the reason for their great longevity. They didn't have vaccines. So their, their bodies were not injected with disease corrupting their immune system. However, medicine wants to give everyone who has money an opportunity to sip at the cup of longevity and extend their telomeres and offer them life extension. Neurosurgeon Norman Sheely has been researching and developing telomere therapy. So at the Sheely Pain Clinic in Fairgrove, Missouri, the life extension therapy entails deep electromagnetic impulses penetrating into your DNA at the specific frequency of 54 to 78 uh, megahertz or gigahertz. So we're told that our telomeres are said to naturally shorten each year by 1% and 
and this electromagnetic therapy is said to increase their length by 4% over a year's course of treatment. So Dr. Sheely boasts that he is able to double the lifespan of healthy people. Other reports say that transcutaneous acupuncture on specific pressure points can also extend the length of telomeres by 4.5% a year. So I've also seen reports that essential oils can also extend telomere length. So take your pick, electricity, needles, or blended oils, and you may outlive Methuselah. Uh, now let's look at the bodybuilders real quick. What we need to realize is that our human body is already designed to regenerate, and there is a lot that we can do to help it do that. Scientific medicine recently reversed its position that the human brain was uh, unable to regenerate its cells when it does. So with this reversal that medicine has learned that natural healers have known for centuries, which is the brain can regenerate all its cells within one year. So that's not all your body is capable of doing, though. Our body's able to replenish six quarts of blood in just four months. Our bones are regenerated every three months. And osteoporosis is really a natural dying off of old bone cells being replaced with new ones. Modern medicine wants you to think otherwise. Uh, the problem arises when your body is not replacing the bone cells fast enough, okay? So our body refreshes our DNA cells within two months and regenerates the liver cells within six weeks. Our skin and our stomach lining are renewed in just five days. And the problem is all this rebuilding and regenerating can't be accomplished if we don't get enough sleep, we don't get the proper nutrition, or if we become too toxic. So a, generation, a regeneration process can be hindered and the body then falls behind, making us more vulnerable to disease. So if you want your body to naturally regenerate as God intended, you have to make sure that you have you know, clean water, good air, that you're breathing, organic foods, avoid toxic buildup, do your organ cleansing from time to time, and your elimination channels of the body need to be working properly on a daily basis, not a bi-weekly basis. So, and your muscles and your bones need exercise and toning to retain their health and strength to be efficient and to also keep circulation adequate. So this all, when you do your exercises and things like that, keeps stress levels down and uh, forces, it, it fosters a healthy emotional and spiritual life and a healthy immune system. So it all works together, see? So a lot of times people, you know, say, well, where do I start? Well, you could take success in stages. Um, obviously doing a total body regeneration isn't going to happen overnight, and you don't want to overwhelm yourself. So if you want to break it down into a rebuilding plan into stages, you can accomplish them one at a time. It will prevent confusion. It will keep you from feeling overwhelmed, and it will give you that regeneration uh, the natural way the body's designed to do it. So for your first stage, you want to uh, swap out the unhealthy lifestyle for a healthier one if you haven't already. One of the most important elements you want to do is accomplish, read all your product labels. Uh, if it has more than six or eight ingredients, you want to throw it back on the shelf. You don't want to eat that. Avoid products with ingredients you can't pronounce. You want to cook more from scratch. Avoid that prepackaged stuff. Um, don't, don't do fast food. 
Uh, keep your meals simple. Avoid the creams and sauces if you can. Olive oil is best. Coconut oil is good. But olive oil resists heat more if you're cooking with it. It has a lot of omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, Portion-wise, kind of stick to four ounces or less with your meats. Uh, add more fruits and vegetables raw if you can in the diet because the enzyme action is going to help with the building blocks of regenerating tissue. Complex carbohydrates are preferred. Avoid the white flour or any grain uh, exposed to very high temperatures in the processing. So um, you'll get more of the oils, which are cardiovascular, healthy for you. Stage two, uh, do your organ cleansing, you know, all the way from the bowel to the blood system. Do that at a minimum of twice a year, if not more often. Uh, so you start with the bowel and you cleanse that. Urinary, kidney, bladder area is the next one. These are the last stages of toxins to leave the body, so you want a free flow of toxins going out. Then you can work on the liver and the gallbladder, and the blood system is always going to be last. And people who are diabetic definitely need a blood cleanse, okay, because their blood is so laden down with uh, debris and sugar that they can't even heal wounds. So uh, you definitely need to do that, but you can't jump in and just do the blood cleanse. You've got to use the proper order. Now, a very useful, powerful herbs uh, that are also going to assist you is um, uh, immune-boosting herbs. Avoid those over-the-counter prescription drugs as much as you can. Uh, use these herbs because not only will they boost your immune system, but you're also going to find areas herbs that help areas like cardiovascular strengthening, uh, strengthen your pancreas, your prostate, your memory, endocrine system that uh, you know deals with hormones and blood sugars, um, your adrenal glands, um, and, and all these things. You want to avoid the lifelong drug trip if you can. And a cleansing will help you to accomplish that. So cleanse and nourish the body. Very simple, but it's, it works. You know, I don't think staying healthy should be complicated, and it, should, and it isn't really. It, it isn't. So one of my herbal professors shared a personal story with me. Uh, he was diagnosed with congenital heart failure at the age of 18, he said. Uh, he had a heart valve that was not functioning properly, and doctors told him that he could only be saved with open-heart surgery. His parents had passed away within a year of each other from heart disease, and he was left to decide what he should do. So he was uh, checked into the heart wing at the hospital, he said. Uh, he was there a few days waiting for his surgeon, and while there he made friends with another young man also having the same surgery, and they became friends. Um, his friend was scheduled first for the surgery, but he died on the table. And the, my professor kind of got upset with that. He kind of freaked out, so he checked out of the hospital. And on his way home, he stopped to pick up Asian food. So he ate it, and he noticed he felt better. He noticed his heart functioned better. And the next day, he ate some hot and spicy Asian food again, and he noticed the heart feeling better again. So he started researching foods for the heart, and it was the circulatory herbs like the hot peppers, the cayennes, the ginger uh, that was helping his heart and his circulatory system work better. So the long and short of his story is that he changed his lifestyle. He added powerful cardiovascular herbs. He did organ cleansing. He strengthened his body, and his body healed that heart valve all on its own because it had a regenerative uh, nutrition now to do that. So my professor, while in the hospital at 18, could hardly walk down the hall for a lack of circulation and strength. But after he, you know, changed his lifestyle and got smart, um, he became a black belt in three different martial arts. Yeah, 
So doctors chalked it up to divine intervention, and obviously, you know, God's herbs are here for the service of man. So, yeah, it's a divine intervention, obviously, but, you know, God expects us to do our our best, and um, he gave you a body, uh, and, you're, and you're to look after it, the temple of the Holy Spirit, see. So a lot of people say, well, you know, how long does it take uh, to reverse a health situation? That's a good question. Um how long did it take for you to get sick? That's usually the question that comes back at them. Uh, there's really no set time because people heal at different rates. So, however, a general rule of thumb is you'll see improvement within four months. So we can't expect the body to reverse minor or even serious conditions in just a few days or weeks. However, when the healing does happen, it is strong and it's lasting. So people who look like... Um, People who look for that instant gratification, you know, they're used to the drugs and the surgery, that's a lazy man's medicine, and that only gets you so far. And, uh, if, and by the way, if you go for, you know, heart surgery, um, bypass surgery, it, you don't go for it just one time. You're going for it several times because those valves they take, uh, those, those tissue they take from the legs to put into the heart aren't as hardy, and they break down, and you have to go through it all again down the road, probably within five years. So um, you have power, and there's tools at your disposal. Um, modern medicine just has this scientific mythology, and um, uh, if it doesn't fit into their mythology, they reject it. It's discredited. So doctors are scientists, and they're not interested in what they can't explain, control, or profit from. Now, my eye doctor is not at all interested in how I got rid of my dry eye and improved my nearsightedness from a negative 4 to a negative 2 in one year. And I also didn't need my reading glasses, my bifocals either. So my vet was really not interested in how I reversed the damage from a copperhead snake bite from my black lab, avoiding infection, skin grafts, or possible amputation. Didn't care. General practitioners and surgeons are really not interested in how anyone can reverse the potential damage of a brown recluse spider bite and avoid and surgery in one day after the bite, that's what you can do. You know what you're doing with herbs. So our creator didn't expect us to be at the mercy of expensive and toxic medical care and offers us the option of his powerful and effective herbs. And you know what? I decided to take him up on it, and I've learned so much in the 25 years. I keep learning. Right? I'm not a master herbalist. God is the master herbalist. So uh, I'm his student, his humble herbalist student, and I keep learning. So uh, what do God's good herbs really do? Well, they empower you, the user. They give you authority over health problems, enabling you to assist the body to regenerate and heal itself. So you're working with God's system already installed. And that's where the healing and long-lasting benefits come from. Do you want to learn everything you can to be able to, you know, support that and not, you know, interfere with that? Uh, And you'll do much better, much better. So if you're interested, get a free catalog from the folks at Apothecary Herbs to learn about organ cleansing and immune boosting, two of the very basic things that keeping yourself healthy, and uh, two big steps, actually. And from there, who knows where you'll go, because I know you guys are smart, proactive, Thepowerherbs.com is the website, or give them a call at 866-229-3663, 866-229-3663, and get a free product catalog. 
Keep that catalog handy. It's a teaching tool. Save your life. I gotta go. The information presented is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure diseases. Seek medical advice if you dare from a licensed medical physician before using any product or therapy. I'm Herbalist Wendy Wilson. Until next time, be well. Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Job stress, financial obligations, or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Food prices going up, homes being foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help.